Wary Slammy Bammy. It is Hotline League episode 55. Oh my gosh, guys. There, this is, I don't want to say it's going to be the greatest show of all time, but it might be the greatest show of all time because guess what, guys? There's some crazy stuff that's happening in the offseason. We've got two experts here. They've already independently told me that they know 50 roster trades that they're going to be exposing on the show. Uh, that's them, not me. I don't, if they don't follow up on that promise, I don't know. And uh, and so that's we know that Jensen's going to TL. Uh, we're going to have Steve calling into the show to talk to us about the, the hottest news that's hit, hit the interwebs today. Uh, we've got so much more. And guess what? I'm going to be... Well, here, here's normally this is where I plug the mystery sponsor. Um, and it's still the part where I plug the mystery sponsor because we're going to announce them later in the show. <laughs> I know it's been weeks. It's been weeks. People they, they're like, yeah, sure. Jensen going to TL. But what you really want to know is who's been sponsoring Hotline League all these weeks. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my constant co-host today, this evening of all time. Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Great. I love how we took like 30 seconds to a minute for you to think about what you want your intro to be. And then it was like the exact same as every intro you do, where you say whammy, bammy, zammy, slammy, some like combination of ammies. <laughs> took you 30 seconds to come up with that. He's a method actor. He's got to psych himself up, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, you not much. This, Travis, you could do this. <laughs> uh, not much is new with me since the last show. It's the off season. It's slow. Uh, yeah, not nothing new to really update. Did scouting grounds. That was cool. I'm not sure you ever have anything to update. I just updated something. I did scouting grounds. The world could be ending and you'd be like, yeah, not much with me. Like, world's coming to an end. You know, it's just standard. Giant pit next to my apartment just ate my car. But, yeah. you know, same yeah. old, same old. How was scouting grounds? Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, I think there are some interesting players that should probably get a look at on a lot of academy teams moving yeah. forward. Which which of those players will be playing for C9 in the finals at Worlds next year? Um, none of them. Okay, well, let's move on to Azale, who is joining us. It's been about a year, I think, since you were last on the show. That long? Yeah. Wow. Does it feel like it was more recent? <laughs> it's like it's still painful. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in cold sweats. <laughs> what have you have you worked at all recently? Uh, I mean, I've been at work, uh, you know, kind of just just playing league and uh, trying to stay up on, on all the changes and everything like that. So that's a no. Kind of grounds. Well, because you were you... not cast recently. Okay, because you went to you went to Worlds. Yeah, and then Worlds you... was the last thing. Yeah, yeah, and then you uh, you went on a trip to Japan, I think, or something, right? Yep, I went to yeah. Japan for a week. It was pretty bomb. Um, ton of pictures on your social media of you feeding small animals. I think was mostly what I saw. Did you mute him, Travis? No. Can you? I was talking him? to Travis at a party on the way back. Where no, about on mute him on social media. How oh, Travis okay. frequently mutes people when they go on trips, especially with significant other others, because he just doesn't want to see it. <laughs> it's too painful. He's you know, a cold, angry man. Why should they yeah. have happiness when I have none? You know, like that's. <laughs> have, so, have you been muted, Mark? I don't think I've been muted, but we were talking no. about how he was close to muting Dash with his. Uh, what we're just we're throwing that out there. Yeah, this private not. secret information. <laughs> Dash is going to watch this because you know the entire world Dash is watching gonna this. Watch this. He's he's going to watch it and Dash he's going to know. Watch this, but someone is going to send him the clip. Oh, so gonna- yeah. <laughs> Mark, please. You didn't mute him. All right, you just said you were thinking about it. I I look. I Dash is a wonderful person. You're and lucky, Dash. These are not these are not the the leaks that I was hoping to have on this episode. 
If you're wondering why Travis wasn't favoriting anything, <laughs> your ass was muted. Dear God. Well, I might have to mute Mark now. Might have to mute Mark now. Just wait till my trip's dude, then you can mute me. Yeah, everyone's yeah. saying Dark Dash is going to come out of the woodwork and uh, and attack me. All right. Uh, so so interesting week, and most of it has occurred in the past 24 hours, I think. Um, so. Officially, I believe it was. Maybe you guys know this. Maybe I don't. But uh, I believe it's 5 p.m. Pacific time today was the was the moment when like free agency began because I started seeing everybody tweet around that time. And that's what I had heard. Like media's tweet is a free agent and others. Yeah, that's what I had heard as well. Uh, initially, I heard midnight last night. Yeah. Uh, and then I had heard 5 p.m. today. Yes. So we're starting to see some of that. I saw DeMonte tweet about how he's a free agent officially. We saw Medios tweet about how he's a free agent. Uh, we saw this whole Jensen thing come out. Wait, basically, I think 10 minutes after an article broke from ESPN saying he was in the process. They must have sped up that process really quickly because 10 minutes later, they announced that he'd been signed. So yeah. uh, that's that's pretty hype. Uh, kind of reminds me of 2015 when like World Finals ended and immediately the double lift to TSM thing got announced breaking the, the league of legends internet uh, for a while. It's, it's just like such a great way to start the off season, you know? Yeah, it's pretty hype. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's pretty crazy. Right. And, and I think we're this one year ago, uh, you know, NC nine, like when they had, didn't have all the success, kind of this goodwill built up right from, from worlds and from, you know, their kind of run, uh, you know, from 10th to, to finals and everything Then I think everyone would just be hard flaming Jack and hard flaming C nine right now and be really mad about it. But, uh, you know, they have some credibility kind of built up. They got some trust built up. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Cause now I feel like everyone, instead of just flaming C nine is kind of just like, Ooh, who did C9 get then, right? Like, who's their mid laner going to be? Uh, so the speculation is is kind of already beginning. Are you disappointed if you're a C9 fan, Azale, if it's just Golden Glue? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. And that that's not even like a shot at, at Golden Glue, right? Because people people are like uh, so high up with their expectations now. I've seen more like C9 Faker than anything, even though I'm pretty sure Faker is still signed to SKT, according to... Uh, so what I had had read, I, like my understanding with SKT stuff was they were rebuilding around Faker. Um, but, you know, people people are like, you know, their expectations are sky high, right? So Golden Glue is good and he had a solid season, but he, he's not Faker. And if people are expecting that level of signing, then <laughs> there's not much you can uh, really live up to there. I mean, everyone will be disappointed with every roster move if the expectation is Faker. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Faker. <laughs> that's true there's one move you can make there's one you can do there's one correct move yeah <laughs> there was a i just showed the the scene cloud nine subreddit on on screen while you guys were discussing and it is true that uh maybe some people are okay with it and like one thread says i have faith uh others are maybe not so so happy they're a little concerned okay. so well at least on twitter at least on twitter people seem uh, to yeah. uh, uh, be having a little faith. I haven't looked at the C9 subreddit or anything like that. I don't usually go to the individual team subreddits. They're good. I mean, there are such a great place for the salt mines to exist. Like you just oh, go okay. there and then the things that you find out are, are pretty great. Yeah. I would say even like having some faith is a pretty good sign when you've lost like your quote unquote franchise mid laner. And you just made semifinals at worlds. Best result for NA ever. Right. Like yeah. the fact that it hasn't all just exploded and you know, uh, is, is, you know, a good sign. Well, it's really interesting because you have to wonder what led to 
his departure. I don't, I haven't been able to, I was setting up for the show and some other stuff that we'll talk about later in the show, but um, I haven't seen any like real messaging around what caused it. You would think like Jack had him, right? Like this is a buyout. This is not Jensen didn't become a free agent and decided to go to TL. Uh, Jack, it like had him as locked in as one of the members. So what, what led to it? Did he want to leave? Was it just like the offer from Steve was too much for checks? Like I can retire off of this. This is, <laughs> this is real money. I, it's just, it's, it's interesting to speculate as to what that could I, be. I feel like you have to give them the credit that they think that this move is going to end up being in the, in the best interest of their, their team. Right. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the moves that they made last, last season did not look like that, but obviously, Hey, then they made semifinals and I was like, yep, never mind. Yeah. You were right. Uh, good on you, right? So I, I think you have to wait and see what the pickups look like and and what what kind of you know the roster shakeout is going to be because you know if they get some big superstar signed or if there's other pieces you know fall into place that so they can even if it's not another mid laner if they can pick someone else up with that extra money then, yeah. then hey maybe people start to actually like buy into it a bit more so I, you know I, I would kind of reserve judgment a little bit uh, we've seen one one move but. I don't think that C9 would just be sitting on only that move, but we'll see. Well, I have uh, I've heard a rumor from multiple places that at least one top EU mid is interested in coming to North America. So that's one of the, like, whenever I saw this news break, I was like, hmm, is your swap, are you swapping out one EU mid laner for another uh, over here? That'd be very interesting. So, well, I saw Jack apparently followed a bunch of EU mids or something. Yeah, like Nuka, and Caps, and some people like that. So, never know. Yeah, yeah. So, by the way, everyone, that's not an official report. All right, I've just heard some rumors. You official hear things, report here from Mar- Travis Gafford Industries. As as you know, Mark and I we um, we hear rumors from time to time, and and I'm not writing up some article that says report. Sources say this, but I've just it's a rumor that's going around. Um, we're not we're not Jacob Wolf. All right. We got no one <laughs> breathing down our neck being like, where are your two sources? I'm like, I got zero sources and I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> Plus, I feel like during off season, there's so much conflicting stuff, right? Yeah. That it's like anything I hear, I don't really even believe because because half the stuff is just immediately conflicted by something else. No, like, that's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll hear like one player. It's like, yeah, bro. Like the team is rebuilding completely around this one player. And then. Yeah. Like an hour later, someone else tells me, yeah, they traded his ass. He was the first one to go. It's true. Yeah. I mean, like I heard as as far as two days ago, I heard a a top EU mid. This came from two different people I was talking to. Uh, they, they had said that a top EU mid was joining TL. And then I, I'll admit, everyone, I started to hear a little bit of rumors uh, in the past 24 hours that it was going to be uh, Jensen. Technically, is he a EU mid to people? Because maybe those are the same rumors. Jensen ah. Yes, yeah, so maybe that's what it was. People said oh, they didn't say Jensen, but they said a different let's, name. Let's have some fun with rumors because uh, you were saying that you weren't sure if there was anything behind the scenes that like would have spurred this because it wasn't like he became a free agent and then TL gave a better offer like what happened last year with Impact. It sounded like a buyout situation. Uh I had heard that Jensen was relatively unhappy with how things uh, shook out at the beginning of the split um, regarding just the benchings and all that stuff. So maybe that was some of the impetus. Well, and you have to wonder, like, I, I'm sure he was unhappy at the time, but I wonder if he was still. Yeah, you would think it would have been different, but that's yeah. that's the only thing I've, I think I've heard that could possibly be like Jensen yeah. was unhappy with the org. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you know, that that I think was pretty like public that like Sneaky and Jensen, all those guys seem pretty unhappy. You yeah. Know, smoothie, et cetera. Right. They're like tweeting pictures of, oh, we're on the bench. Hi. Right. Like they were clearly not uh, super pleased about that. But I think after after their world's run, after they did end up getting the finals or anything, you have to think that they would be pretty happy with with how things are going. But it doesn't mean that he didn't think, you know, maybe it's an even better opportunity. Like when you look at TL on paper, at least, and that obviously hasn't really worked out in NA, like TSM on paper often is the best team. They don't really do shit at Worlds usually, but, um, you know, TL on paper, at least, you, like a lot of people were pointing to mid lane as the weakness and mid lane as the reason that they couldn't go super far. So maybe Jensen is looking at that and saying, hey, this team is, is going to be insane if they have a really good mid laner and, and maybe he's the guy to kind of make that happen. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't. I just, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should throw out there before we start grabbing calls. Uh, Nico, the cur- curious chameleon, got revealed. Uh, I don't know if I, I haven't had a chance to dive into it, but I don't know if either of you guys have initial first takes or anything that's interesting there. I have like a question mark over my head because I saw it and I was like, "This is all really weird," but I wasn't exactly sure like what the play pattern is supposed to be like. It looked like it looked like there was like a like a binding, like kind of like a Lux binding, uh, some sort of like other stun. The ultimate looks like kind of like a root and damage or something like that. So, um, I yeah, think, I think abilities maybe uh, abilities might have got released. Someone was talking about that. But yeah, I, I looked up. I looked up all I the abilities. I haven't actually read through everything yet, but I, mean, I read through. Yeah, go ahead. I read through all of them. The passive is the thing that like makes you look like other people. The W okay. like makes it basically a LeBlanc clone. Okay. The Q is like this basically. Skill shot. It's hard to explain what Q does, but it's just damage for the most part with like some conditionals that ramp damage up. And then the E is kind of like the Lux binding. And then the alt is like kind of like a Nunu alt that you can run around during while you're kind of charging it up for a second. Okay. But like, I think you're supposed to like trick your way into the middle of the team fight by pretending to be other shit and then drop like this fatty ultimate because so much of the damage looks like it's in the ultimate. Yeah, I I don't know if that's really the idea though, because I did see a designer tweeting about how the fact that it's like if you take any sort of damage while you're in disguise, it breaks the disguise, right? So like you're not gonna like walk your way into the middle of five people and they're just like, oh, hey, bro, right? Like there's no there's no champion that walks in the middle of everyone ever just to completely ignore <laughs> that's, them. Like it doesn't really exist. So that's I mean, why I'm confused because she has no gap closers and stuff, and it's like, well, she's got this big AOE alt centered on her. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think that it's like there there can be kits that sound like they don't work, but if, right. if like one ability just does so much so much fucking damage, it doesn't really matter what the rest does, right? Like if you look at almost like uh, a lot of times I hear when a champion comes out with a, like a essentially a non combat ultimate like Talia, right? People are like ah, oh, this champion will never work if the ultimate doesn't do damage too, you know? And it's like well, the Q actually just kills you by itself, so then it's fine, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe the Q actually does that much damage, but I feel like uh, it's one of those things that maybe if you play really well or on Vision, it could be pretty strong. Because I could see, you know, if you're like clone a Jinx when you're playing her on a pink ward in the bush, you step forward and like a Malphite ultimates the Jinx or something. You know what I mean? And that's like extra you're just clone, and they waste those cooldowns. Then you could probably win a team fight off that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the things where like some champions you see and you're like, oh, I get it instantly how this is supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Like. Shen, when he got reworked, was like, you Q to pull through to do more damage, then you press W to win the trade after you taunt. It was like, obvious trading pattern. I don't really... The only thing I can see is like, you bind them, and then you throw your Q, which like, every time it ticks on them, it does damage again. Yeah. So like, you want to bind them, then Q them. 
But that's all I got. The rest of it, I was like, I don't, otherwise, it just seems like you're supposed to be tricky as shit and try and like do that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and hop into calls. We have just so everyone knows, Steve should be on the call. On the, we'll be calling in probably in about twenty or so minutes. Um, so we'll be talking to him about that. But I do want to grab maybe one or two calls before then. Mark, you want to give the spiel on how this whole thing works? Yeah, here's the spiel. Uh, if you guys have not watched the show before, and there's a lot of you in here tonight, so it might be the case that you haven't, I'm spamming Twitch chat right now with the Discord link to join up on the Discord that we're currently on. Once you get here, you'll need to join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2, unless you're a sub, then you can join Sub Calls. Once you're in there, you can mute yourself so you don't hear people mouth breathing or anything. Uh, and then in the Pleb Topics text channel, you're going to go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk about. Try and make these takes like, I think this move guarantees well, Team Liquid win both splits again this year. I think Poe Belter can join a team and maybe join this team and this stuff. Whatever it is, try and have an opinion in there. And then uh, whenever Steve joins, we'll probably tailor a couple more of these towards Steve and TL. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, go ahead, post in there. If I like your topic, I'll pull you into the waiting room. Once you're there, you just got to wait till it's your turn. Then we'll do a quick mic check and pull you onto the call. Very good. Well, and by the way, if you are a sub, and there's a lot of people subbing right now, which I, I appreciate. I lost... Uh, I think like 400 or so subs expired in the past two weeks so it's been nice but um uh so bring them back um like that subtle reminder yeah yeah well you know people forget to re-up and then suddenly i look over and it's just it's like when i mute dash on twitter it's just like i don't want to see this anymore it just makes me feel <laughs> sad um but i uh i would uh, if you do if you are a sub you can uh sync your discord and your twitch which allows you to access the subtopics chat and that moves a little slower so it's a little easier for us to pull people uh from there uh gives you a bit of an advantage but of course we do pull non-subs as well uh other than that we should be getting going i'm gonna i speaking of subs i'm gonna read off some while mark pulls in uh some folks let's see there's a lot of people subbing tonight so i have to quickly go through because we're hitting uh some pretty high viewership <clears throat> here we go here we go here we go uh stahil gifted a sub to liquid 112 cool for joe german tm uh moonizzle for four months avura for five months benurak 2356 for three months uh blonde squirrel gifted a sub to five uh different people luna bubble to be tuna for 10 phrasing one rush come home bible thump for 12 months 12 months from rush come home bible thump thank you it's a whole year. Uh, Mr. Fanatic Sevens to heal for gifted to Papa Smithy. Cool for Joe gifted to Jensen. I'm sure he'll appreciate that as I'm sure he'll inevitably watch us. Uh, John K with a sub. Uh, Valkyrie with a prime. And uh, Rebelcom who reset for 10 months. And then Kelsey hosted me for 22 uh, viewers. Thank you, Kelsey. And Flingo too. Uh, we're going to pause on the sub reading for a while because uh, there's so many more to go to. Um, but Mark, are you ready to maybe grab yeah, somebody? All right, Mark's going to go to the other channel and grab some folks. Uh, you got any Thanksgiving plans, Azale, or do you just not celebrate because you're from Canada? Uh, well, I mean, Canadian Thanksgiving is, is a while ago, but the last, the last couple of years, at least what I've done is um, some of my friends who are going home to family. Uh, we just kind of have our own little Thanksgiving thing with a couple of us. So probably yeah. do something like that. Nice. Uh, well, that'll be neat. I went to a, a Friendsgiving last be. night that Ateo put on, so that was kind of cool. Um. Yeah, things are. We have things someone are here, Travis. Oh, fantastic! Psychosis. Psycho. Well, I was. I. I'm doing a lot. Psychosis is here. Psychosis. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from South Jersey. South Jersey. Okay. Is that like New Jersey? 
Uh, it's the less smellier part of New Jersey. Okay, good, good. Well, I'm glad, <laughs> glad to hear. I'm glad you admit that. I had a friend in college who would always say Jersey smelled terrible, and he was like, "No, dude, Jersey's a shit. Shut up." I'm glad someone else admits Jersey just smells bad. <laughs> well, glad to know that you're not in the smelly part. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my main topic was uh, regarding Echo Fox's off season, and I had a something of interest, I guess, uh, regarding Hooney transitioning to mid because um, his main issue, I thought, was uh, how the meta always shifted towards tanks during the playoffs. And if he transitioned to mid, it would allow him to sit on a carry more throughout the playoffs and maybe uh, bring that into the game. And uh, also had some other things regarding that. But if you wanted to talk about that first. I'll no, that's good. That so so you're suggesting, are you suggesting that Huni stays at Echo Fox and becomes a mid laner? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's interesting because I feel like one of the rumors going around that I thought has, had been kind of been out there is that Huni might be leaving Echo Fox. Mark, have you heard this? Uh, I the only reason I had heard things about that were people saying like Echo Fox was trying to like shed money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't hear if it, what Hooney's perspective on anything was. I only heard about things that like, oh, Echo Fox is way too much on the books, and they're trying to get rid of stuff. Okay. Well, it's good. It's if Hooney sticks around, that's good. By the way, Jack is in chat, and he says, "I'm here to drink tears." So uh, <laughs> good, good to have Jack here. The the whole gang is here. So in your world, by the way, psychosis. Who needs an eligible candidate to go to uh, Cloud Nine and fill the gap that Jensen just Midland, left? Yeah. Well, the the reason I had that idea was mostly uh, pinging off the other topics that I had put, uh, where Echo Fox would buy out Shiro from C9 Academy, and then either attempt to sign Bang or Prey for AD Carry. Uh, they'd have two imports at that point. And, you you uh, built like a very complex scenario here. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a reach for sure. Um, but I do think Shiro has shown himself to be probably the most promising upcoming top laner. And Huni has to be on a more carry oriented style going into playoffs to be um, successful. What about when he played on Immortals and he was playing only carries? He's playing that Lucian in the Graves top and stuff, and that wasn't working out so well. I mean, I, I, I th- go ahead. I, I just think. Uh, you know that that worked, but that was when Rainover was at his peak, and maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's interesting. I think that Huni is like he's obviously just like extremely talented as far as as far as League of Legends goes, and I know he can play a lot of roles, and he often does play other roles in solo queue and climbs to challenger on different roles. Um, Huni did the like NA the NA Civil War thing with us, and uh, he was on my team, and he told me he hit challenger as a mid laner uh, in Korea, right? So he's obviously he obviously is good at the role, but I also know that. Huni had kind of talked about, oh yeah, I'm going to swap to bot lane before I'm going to be AD because AD is what's OP and, and all this sort of thing. So, and it never happened. So I, I've kind of heard him talking about that sort of stuff a, a number of times, but never really see it pan out. So my guess is he wouldn't do it um, because even though he is really talented, there's still a lot of stuff you have to learn in that role as far as competitive goes. And I think like another example is kind of Piglet, right? He uh, was someone who actually is, you know, challenger as mid lane and whatnot. And he made the swap, but you saw some pretty up and down performances from him in the LCS. And not saying you know he's as good as Huni or whatever, but uh, it was like pretty clear to me that there is a very big difference uh, between solo queue, between competitive, especially when you're swapping to a new role. So I don't think it would happen, 
Um, and also if, if they are trying to, as, as people are saying, kind of shed some of their salary, like I know Echo Fox was dropping teams in other games and so on. And Huni apparently, you know, rumored has the highest salary in the league. Uh, if you're bringing in someone like Bang or Prey, those guys probably aren't coming to NA unless they're making, you know, a million plus or whatever, I would imagine. So that would be like a really expensive roster. Uh, I think it would be really hype if it happened, but my uh, my money is on it not happening. Mark, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think that what Echo Fox can do is interesting. I think with Pobelter freeing up in the mid lane, assuming money is like not this huge issue for Echo Fox, or with if it is, then like a lot of the roster moves become a lot more difficult. But I was I was talking with Loco, and I said I actually thought Echo Fox were in a great position um, to have a good off season because you have one import slot freed up. You only need a mid laner, and now there's a, a good mid laner from the NA position, so you can go and import uh, a marksman if you want from somewhere, or you can import a mid laner, and then you can go get one of the Cody Suns or maybe Apollo because it sounds like no one knows what's going on with Clutch. I'm not quite sure if, if he's actually available, but like it feels like there are, are a lot of AD carry talents that you might be able to get, um, and then that. I think if you get Poe Belter and like, what if you got Bang? Like, holy shit. Uh, I think they have a lot of potential moves to make. So I, I think Huni should stay in the top lane, I guess is what I'm saying. I think it's a lot harder to find other stuff. Yeah, and going back to what Azale said, um, you know, role swaps haven't really been a big thing in uh, pro play. You see with uh, Ambition and Score, that worked out successfully. Mm-hmm. but And you have uh, X Smithy situation where he tried uh 80 carry and it didn't really work out so I, I get your point there and to an extent i agree with it um i was just mostly going off of you know trying to switch something up yeah with echo fox considering franchising gives you that ability to take certain risks and go for it i'm very curious to see uh what ends up happening i think echo fox is a big mystery to me uh, because you i've heard rumors that like Hooney's out and that they're they're going to sort of approach their their roster very differently. Um, but in a world where they don't do that and everything stabilizes and, the, and Huni sticks around and everything's fine, uh, it'll be very fascinating to sort of see uh, what ends up happening there. I don't know if he'll go mid lane. I mean, what are what are the high? What do you guys think would speculate would be the highest in demand or highest paid roles in the LCS? Mark, you have any thoughts or guesses? I would assume. I mean, like, obviously, import's not a role, but all import players make a lot, and I think that makes uh, mid lane pretty expensive because there's so many imported mids. Yeah. Um, and then even, like, the, the domestic NA mids, because they are the, one of the few domestic NA mids that are good, you need to spend a lot if you want them. So I would imagine mid lane is the most expensive, whereas, like, top lane has m- more role players like Dokla and stuff in the league. Yeah. I guess it depends if you're guessing like if you're talking are you talking about like overall like average for a role or are you talking well about i'm wondering because if you Cause, are if you're would, a Huni, I would say it's top lane for sure if you're talking about highest highs yeah yeah because yeah. while while there are a lot of imports for mid lane i think a lot of those guys came in before franchising before salaries kind of exploded and uh you know from what i had to have heard and what is rumored it seems like the koreans are getting paid a lot more than uh europeans had been at least so far so it's like when you think about flame someday huni impact, impact all those guys right like those guys are all probably making fat salaries so i would think that as far as if you're just looking at like the highest highs it would probably be top lane yeah uh all right well yeah because if that's the case then i think you know you 
if you are looking at it from a business perspective, you're incentivized to stay in the role where there's the highest demand and the most money. Uh, so maybe that's what would happen there. Either way, I want to thank you uh, so much to our good friend Psychosis for calling in. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks ha- for having me. Have a thanks, good one. Man. All right, we have time for maybe one more caller if we make it quick before we get Steven. Uh, and it looks like Mark is already off grabbing that person. So a uh, couple of quick shout outs. Let's see. <clears throat> M Hub with the Twitch Prime, Happy Llama three months, Beniona with the Twitch Prime, Bobo Cola gifted I believe five subs. Oh, Stahil gifted to Zixlol. Congratulations, Zixlol. Uh, ten subs I believe from X Solfark. Jesus, that's crazy. Uh, Sadistic Nero Ventus official and Sculpted Soldier is here joining us right now. Sculpted Soldier, where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from London, Ontario, Canada. Oh, from Canada. Hey, oh, yeah. Azale is Azale. Is that close to where you grew up? Uh, close enough. I mean, I grew up in Kingston, so okay. not that far yeah, away. Close enough. Yeah, a couple hours away. Yeah. yeah. Isn't London where Hotshot GG is from? I don't know. I honestly don't even know. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I think he is. I mean, he, maybe he's not. We don't talk about Hotshot anymore. My bad. Um, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show, Sculpted Soldier? Uh, well, my take for today is that uh, I honestly think that some of the organizations should really look at just burning the roster, just starting fresh and getting new talent. In. Yeah, this is my thing. I'm, I'm glad to hear this. You want to elaborate a little bit more? Why do you think this? Um, well, I think that there's some pros that have just lost their fire and all they're seeing now is a paycheck. Um, wow. So, okay. For example, in my biggest opinion for this one is uh, Darshan from CLG. I think for the past two years, he's shown a huge decline in his play. And I mean, I love CLG as an org, but like this guy hasn't done shit for the team in the past two years. And I would love to see the whole roster just get canned and start fresh because with that one, it just seems like it's a, f- a failed experiment. Okay, here we go. So yeah, I don't, I would never say that I think Darshan punches. Yeah. I, I first off appreciate the hot take. I don't think I would ever say that Darshan from talking to Darshan and my interactions with him, I actually think he has a lot of drive and a, and a lot of desire to do well. I, I don't think he's a slacker. I, I've never heard that. Um, I do agree that like CLG is maybe not the place for him anymore and that he should find like a, another team. And I actually really agree with you about the idea that CLG should replace at least three of its players. Um, and try to try to rebuild. Yeah. I think their bot lane is okay, but um, yeah. and overall. But I've said in the past to your broader argument, I do think it's uh, it would be good to see a lot of the teams reform because I think last year we had this big shuffle and a lot of that stuff didn't work out. I think we had a lot of failed experiments. Um, so I don't know. Is it Mark? Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't know about the specifics. I, I can't speak to like how how much drive Darshan has or whatever. But as far as CLG as a team, clearly. I felt like they made a really big bet on Rainover, and that didn't work at all. Um, yeah. They were not good last year, right? And and uh, CLG had been, uh, you know, a winning team for a long time, and you know, not making playoffs, not making worlds, you know, definitely a huge disappointment, I think, for for the org and for the fans. And I am certainly expecting, uh, with that roster in particular, a lot of players to get swapped out and, and get replaced, but. You know, as soon as Zix was gone, I thought that there was going to be a major shakeup because that was a pretty crazy move to me. And I think the one thing I would say, like, I, I do tend to agree that if, if players aren't motivated, and this isn't speaking to Darshan, because, again, I don't know the particulars there, but if players aren't motivated, it is good to bring in new blood. And we saw how that worked out very well for, uh, for C9, right? Like, bringing in rookies and being able to have, have that success with them. 
that being said, a lot of times I find when people are like, yep, let's get rid of the whole team and let's replace it with new rookies and it'll be great. Uh, you have to have players that are better than the guys you're replacing. Otherwise, there's no real point, right? Like, even if you save some money, really no. Well, I guess, but I mean, you're going to be dead last. You're going to lose all your fans. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, you know, even if licorice wasn't really a known quantity, even if some of the Zazel wasn't really as known a quantity um, to people, you know, who are more like outside of the scene, those were guys that a lot of people thought were really talented inside the scene, I think. And those were players that um, clearly Jack and, and C9 had a lot of faith in. So, I do agree with you, but I think it's really hard to, especially if you're trying to wipe a full roster clean and get five new guys. I think that's really tough to find five rookies or five brand new guys uh, who are going to be LCS level right out the gate. I, yeah, I'm definitely in in the latter half of that camp where I think it's a great idea, but like in execution and reality is like borderline impossible because you know one thing we didn't even touch on was like the coach. Who's going to coach these guys? You need someone to teach these rookies how to play correctly. And I think that there's not like a ton of well-regarded coaches who can go in North America and just teach five rookies how to play the game. There's one of them on the show right now. Nope. You don't want to return, Mark? Because here's here's the thing. Not only do you have to like find a coach who can do it, you need to find a coach who's willing. Mm. Like if I'm a great coach, I'm going to go fucking coach championship team. I'm not on your fucking rebuild project. Get me out of there. I'm going to unless you're getting a huge salary. Right. right. I mean, like, that's possible. But like, there's no way to get a great coach and five great prospects that aren't like locked up by other people. Because to Isaac's point, like Licorice and Zazel, people had their eye on them for the better part of a year and a yeah. half to step up eventually and become good LCS players. People so were trying you, to steal Zazel away from C9 for a while, from what I yeah. heard. Yeah. And they eventually ended up getting rid of Smoothie instead of him. So like, people knew Zazel was good for a long time. One thing. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, to wrap it up, it's like it's a good idea. And if you're like a team that didn't work, and you're like a seventh place team, like, sure, go for it. But like, I don't think it's actually a good move if you get a bunch of nobodies. Because even in the academy league, Golden Guardians tried something similar where they like just got a bunch of really cheap young guys who hadn't really played together, and they just got so hard blasted every game and like scrim and stuff that they couldn't actually improve. Like they were just losing so hard they couldn't learn. And then that roster ended up getting reformed because as the Golden Guardian staff said, like they weren't useful to scrim against. They weren't learning very well. It's it's really hard to, to like actually develop five talented people and not have any backbone. One thing I will say that uh, as a little bit of devil's advocate that I have heard um, is talking to some of the people who are working with people at scouting grounds is uh, one thing is that they did really like working with some of the new players, um, some coaches at least, because it was the idea that these guys are like more moldable. Right. So, you know, if if you do find the right player and they do have the talent, um, sometimes bringing them in fresh, they're more willing to listen to you um, than maybe some other players who are more set in their ways. So definitely think it's good in principle, but really hard to find uh, the the guys to bring in, I think. Yeah. Very good. Well, hey, sure. Sculpted Soldier, uh, any final thoughts? Sorry, I don't mean to rush you off, but no, no, it's all good. Uh, well, just as a final thought, then, like, at what point would you just stop trying with, say, Darshan or Dardock or I mean Dardock had a good year this year but I mean he's had a pretty up and down pass what like at what point would you say hey we just need to stop trying to get these players as a coach 
Um, I mean, it might it might be now, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if CLG replaces Darshan. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I just would be surprised if CLG did a full wipe and a full reset, right? Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. There has to come a, a point where, it, no matter how hard someone is trying, if it's not working for long enough, the players do eventually get phased out, right? And we've seen that happen with with a lot of players over the years. Uh, I'm not sure if it's at that point with him or not, but um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see CLG uh, replace. I think it guys. is. Just give a second. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Sculpt a Soldier, for the call. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate hey, it. Have a good have one. Thanks, man. Sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, he just gifted 50 subs in the chat, so I guess we have to pull him. Jesus. I'm thank not even mic checking him. I'm assuming that as an owner of a team, he'll be prepared. No, you should go. go. Oh, uh, he's in here. Hi. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm here. Okay. Yes, well, I knew it. Welcome to the show, <laughs> good call. Uh, Steve. Uh, really appreciate the 50 subs is a great way to just bust down the door to get on. Yeah, I know. It's a good uh, way to get a positive intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on Travis. You know, I've been, uh, supporting the show. I think, uh, oh, last off season, right? Yeah. Last uh, off season we had you on. It was great. You leaked some stuff. It was fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks for having me. It's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. It's been a great day so far. I, I, yeah. Well, I want to thank you and Jack and ESPN for all doing this right before the start of my show. Uh, that was very convenient. I have a big announcement tonight. Now, you know, my, my upcoming partner who will soon to be announced that gets to see these big numbers and it's all because you guys colluded to help me out. So thank you. <laughs> what, um, so, so I guess, uh, normally people come on and they've got a take, we've got uh takes for you. So do you want to explain, uh, sort of how this came about and, and why Jensen? Yeah. Uh, so I think it was started with, uh, me dreaming of going to worlds, right? Like last season. And when I was building the team and we were 10th place in 2017 and I was like, okay, let's, let's actually build a team that can qualify for worlds. And so I started to put the pieces together for that. And I think once we got to worlds, it was like, we're here, holy shit. We could actually like get out of groups and do really well. And then we fell short and I kind of got a taste for what it might be like to win a world championship. And I think there was like this looming mentality that like players from the East were somehow like superior to what could be accomplished in the West. And then cloud nine kind of made their run and Fnatic made it to the finals. And it was like, okay, we could actually do this. Like I could build a, a team that could win a world championship, like I'm going to go for it. And, uh, that's where it kind of started. Um, and then when I had the opportunity to sign Jensen, I thought, well, this guy brings experience, like carry potential. Like we ran, we ran some in-game statistics over the last three and a half years for both uh, you know, Poe Belter and Jensen and a number of other players and his stats on like how effective he is with the gold that he earns in a game is actually right up there with like caps and, and rookie, which is, I think a pretty important stat. Um, and he had like the motivation and experience and drive. And so like, it just made sense. And once I kind of figured stuff out with Jack, it was, uh, it just became a possibility, you know, and then I spoke with Jensen and he made a few promises to me, um, which I won't share exactly what they are, but World championship trophy 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I'm, I'm basically I'm summarizing, but he's like, 
you know, I'm going to fucking do this, you know, like I'm going to give it 100%. And that's, that's inspiring, right? Like that's what we're doing this all for. And, um, he also said like, dude, I haven't won a, a, uh, an LCS North American championship, like always have fallen short. And, uh, and I, so I just told him, I said, we're, we're going to win the one this year. Like that's, that's well, uh, only one or, or two. Two. We're going to start okay. with one. <laughs> it's like we've got at least one of these. I, I, it's a 50-50, but... Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Zale or Mark, feel free to jump in with questions. I know we've got several, but it uh, doesn't need to turn into a Travis interview. Uh, yeah. I mean... I, oh, go ahead, Mark. No, you go for it. I, I'm just really curious, you know, what the thought process is as far as, like... So you talked about, you know, Caps, you talked about Rookie, you talked about some of these other guys. You know, how many... Mid laners, did you really look at? Was it just a situation of, hey, Jensen's available, Jensen's really good, let's bring him in? And you know, you talk about kind of the goal of of winning world. So looking at it through that lens, were you really looking at you know a ton of different mid laners from around the world uh, to consider for this position? Uh, and also really curious, were you taking into consideration the fact that you know, he is going to become um, no longer an import right in summer? So that opening up possibilities also. Yeah, so I'll answer the second part first. So the, you know, plan of establishing a team that uh, some of the players turn to NA residents uh, is a is a big factor, right? Like that was part of the offseason plans for 2018 and signing a three year contract with Impact, who uh, just got his green card approved, and he also just. Uh, hit the timing for becoming a North American resident, which gives us the ability of having both an import mid and support. And, uh, you know, to also have Jensen next year gives us a lot of flexibility, right? And those options kind of um, increase our probability that we can have more decisions, you know, between each off season. So it's absolutely a consideration. Uh, in terms of, you know, how we approach each off season. We're actually pretty analytical about it. Uh, we have this master spreadsheet that imports all the data from every player and every secret account that we know from SoloQ. And we have it compiled into certain statistics that I like looking at. And we map out of that list who our priorities or kind of our short list is going to be. And uh, I have each of the staff members do that. And then we kind of like meet after we come up with our own conclusions and figure out what is going to be the best roster. And so, yeah, there's, there's plenty of names at the start of that process. And then it kind of gets narrowed down and we talk about what's important and what's going to gel with the team. For me, a big piece of it was just having additional, additional like carry potential within the team, you know, like doing more with a gold lead because like impact, he he's fantastic at like soaking up pressure, right? Like how many times have you seen impact, like get three man dove and he turns it around or like, you know, and, uh, you know, to just have that kind of style from Jensen, I think adds a lot to the team. So that was a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, Travis, are we doing calls? With no, Steve I, I don't think we do calls with Steve. I think, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe later on in the offseason, we'll we'll pull him on for a more dedicated episode. But I think we can just keep talking to him for another uh, 10 or so minutes. Cool. Um, uh, 
I, I pulled some people, but I'll just, I mean, they had similar points that I wanted to ask anyways. What do you think about overall, like, play style concerns that so, I know some people have expressed about just, like, if Jensen can play with a big personality in Doublelift who feels like he wants a lot of the in-game resources and stuff, like, was these things that you were heavily considering, or was it, like, Jensen's skill and these numbers and these analytics are so overwhelming that, like, we're going with him and we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think there's going to be like an inherent problem with like double lift and Jensen competing for resources on the map. Like part of our problem in the past year has been again, the meme, right? Like it's the double lift show. Like if double lift gets a lead, like TL wins, if double lift doesn't get a lead, like TL may lose, or it's just a tough game. And so there's enough resources on the map to go to to carry players right like that's that's possible like the mid lane's the center of the map you get a gold lead you're effective in team fights you dish out a lot of damage that's just um there's enough to go around i think to to answer that question like he he's proven that he's consistent and can perform well and compete against some of the best mid laners in the world and and go to toe to toe and and even do better so yeah Uh so uh, my next question is Reggie's in the chat. He says Steve sucks, low elo scrub, and then he's just spamming TSM repeatedly. I don't know if you have a rebuttal to that, Steve. I'm just kind of curious. And he just sounds salty as fuck from last year. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 there's not much to say to that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like, pick your best player. Your team sucks now. Good luck in the offseason. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> we'll have Andy on in the future so that he can have his own rebuttal. But um, what a lot of people no, are asking. You, I love you, Andy. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people in chat are asking about Pobelter. Is he still, is he currently a member of Team Liquid? Has he been released? Is he getting traded? Uh, what's the future for the uh, 2018 mid? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, Eugene and I have had a history, right? Like he was 14 <laughs> years old when he was playing with me as a support, right? Like, uh, uh, and we went through some ups and downs, as, as many people know. Um, and, you know, during the last off season, uh, we brought him in and, uh, his contract just ended this year, right? Like it ended today at 5 PM. Um, we obviously spoke with him in the middle of the split and close to the end of the season and exploring options and, you know, things just didn't work out, but, uh, he's a fantastic player. I think he, um, has grown considerably. I mean, one of the first things that I realized when he started to do scrims and we had Mickey playing on Academy and we were like, Oh, Mickey, has got all of this mechanical skill. And you know, like he's, he's got a lot of carry potential and all this stuff. Um, but we quickly realized that Eugene is just like an excellent communicator. He is always talking about his lane and, um, and providing information to the jungler and he is thoughtful and creative in the mid game. Like he just brings a lot of those qualities. Plus he's bilingual. So, and now he's a North American mid, uh, or he is a North American mid. So he has a lot of value there. So I'm sure he will absolutely go to another team. Uh, he will be a, like a star signing for another roster. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried. He, he will, he'll figure it out. Um, 
Uh, it, I, have a, I have a question. Go if, uh, if I can yeah. jump in, I'm just curious. So, like, obviously, there's a lot of talk in the community about you know C9 developing talent and TL just kind of buying talent. Like, what what would you kind of say to that as far as your reputation and TL's reputation and kind of growing reputation as maybe the the Yankees of of the NALCS type of deal? And and what is your thought? on the approach there like do you feel that this is just more of like a, a win now type thing versus long term or, or kind of what's your your view on it yeah i mean my view is that like you know i i called mastercard to kind of figure out if uh my limit <laughs> is still unlimited <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we uh we we always are <sighs> i think this really comes from me like always having a strong will to win and taking risk i mean from bringing in like edward back in the day to curse who was like one of the first imports ever to north america you know i i, I kind of keep trying i don't give up and so i think there's this kind of sentiment that like holy shit like curse or team liquid are always doing these big moves and 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 trying things and and we are and so I think it's kind of developed this this meme, you know, like we, we pay to win. Well, I would argue that like we're doing things, you know, we we're pushing the envelope. We're not complacent. You know, we're not like a Golden Guardians or I mean, whoever else placed like ninth or, you know, eighth to tenth, like over and over. Like, no, we're going to switch stuff up. We're going to invest. We're going to figure out what went wrong and, and fix it. And we're going to go after the best. And so some of that, most of the time that comes with financial resources, but, you know, Team Liquid is doing incredible. We have some of the best partners in the industry. Our company's growing considerably. Our revenues are increasing. Our brand equity, we're winning across tons of different games. Like we can use that and leverage that to ensure that we reinvest into the team. And that's that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, so follow question getting off just Poe Belter and more about the rest of TL's plans for the offseason. Uh, are there any other big moves coming like main roster stuff that you guys are looking at? Or is it now about filling in with Academy talent and things like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you had to know people were going to ask, is this the only change that's happening to the roster? Right. Like. It's you knew this question was coming. Yeah. Saw a lot of TL Matas in the chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I I'm not gonna say anything. You know, um... I feel like if you were not making any other changes to the main roster, you would say, "Yep, that's it." I feel like by not saying anything, it means there's there's <laughs> roster changes coming. That. Uh, just silence. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Please plead the fifth. Plead the, I'm pleading the fifth. There yeah. you go. No comment. All right. Yeah. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else uh, to talk about. I mean, this is the, the big thing. What Maybe, Steve, you can uh, – I don't know how much you want to tease, but do you – last year we saw massive crazy roster changes uh, across the entire league as we saw new teams come in. Um, this, this feels like a pretty big kickoff, right? Like you guys – it's like 5 p.m. and moments later we – we find out that Jensen is switching. Uh, do you expect there to be a lot of movement in the off season? Are you hearing stuff that there's going to be a lot of roster trades and maybe big names moving around? I think uh, uh, the last like six years in off seasons, this has been the craziest. This is the craziest uh, over last wow. year. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're talking about not just team liquid specifically, but yes. just 
you know, worldwide offseason. I think a couple of reasons. Last year, the offseason roster dates were actually uh, not synced with North America. Uh, so the, the dates are kind of off this year. They put everyone on the same date and they didn't allow transfers until like today at 5 PM PT. So it kind of brought everybody together on the same page to say, everyone negotiate, get your deals done. Like they're inked at the same time. And if you, you need to get a deal done in Korea, like you got to be up at whatever time it was like four in the morning you know, to get that stuff done. Uh, have you been up I at 4am in the morning recently, Steve? <laughs> oh, he seemed to know the time. You, 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 <laughs> you would sleep it. Okay. That was a good pickup. <laughs> um, on that topic though, about like the Korean stuff, I, I was looking at the database a fair amount recently. If it, it feels like almost every, big name player in Korea's contract ended this year. Like almost there were not very many big name players through 2018. Uh, do you know if like they've been heavily targeted by NA orgs at all? Like, is, is this something that like you said that everyone's on the same time for the first, for the first time Is this like, you can feel everyone talking about it and that's why you know that there's like big shit coming. Well, I think there's a, there's a few things, right? Like you've got EU, which are introducing a franchise system this year. So you have a lot of hype around organizations that just paid, you know, 10 million euros or dollars to get into the franchise. They're ready to invest. They want to build their brand and first impressions into the LCS. Like they're going to go ham and there's a few organizations that are uh, investing. And then you have a region in Korea that have been disappointed in the results from last year. And when that happens, there's going to be movement, right? Like players were unhappy with the results and the region is disappointed as a, as a whole. And so I think that has increased movement. Um, and then just the introduction of some of the monetization that's happened in China. I don't know if you saw the, the, the news of the $144 million uh, alleged Nike deal, like, like it's monetizing. Right. And then you add on top of that, that, the the league as a whole from a worldwide perspective just had its best year in viewership of that it's ever had since its inception of the league so you add all these factors together and yes you've got investment and player movement and uh the, the this set this seems like big news because it's like the first but there's some there's some stuff brewing yeah uh, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned EU, uh, I know a lot of EU fans I've seen, uh, you know, Reddit and things like this kind of speculating about uh, a reverse exodus, you know, from, from NA going back to EU, you know, there, there, I'd seen a lot of talk from European fans uh, about, oh, how good would EU LCS be if they got all their players back? Do you, do you see any talk about that? Do you think that a lot of the European players are, are pretty happy in North America or is, is that something that you've really kind of heard anything about? Uh, I haven't heard too much of that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, as I mentioned, some of the new teams and brands that will be admitted into the new franchise system are probably calling some of the players that are mm -hmm. EU, but, you know, have been playing in NA. Um, but I also think that in EU, uh, they've, they develop a lot of great talent. You know, I, I remember when Fnatic got gutted and they rebuilt and, you know, landed on their feet and, you know, I, you know, whatever happens with, with caps right like he just um 
went free agency uh, today, like four hours ago. So, you know, there's just, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of interest and we'll see where some of those, those players land. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the NAEU war that's about to happen. The trade war, uh, between uh, all the different teams. Cause I'm super fascinated to see, uh, you know, like do the EU guys go back? Certainly Jensen probably had the opportunity to, and he decided to stick around. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you want to call him an EU player anymore, but, uh, it should be super interesting. Any final questions for Steve before he heads out guys? Uh, not off the top of my head. Sounds like it. Through a lot. Well, Steve, any final thoughts, uh, before you, uh, you move on? Uh, no, thanks for having me on the show, Travis. It's, uh, always a pleasure and love your content. Love the show. Uh, I've always been supporting. And if anybody has watched this show and hasn't subbed or donated, encourage you to do so. It's, uh, goes to help support Travis. So thank you, Steve. You're, uh, you're that's a, a good ass guest right you're there. You're a lovely man. <laughs> lovely. You know man. what's expected now, Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> you leave? Okay. I can't live up to that. All right. Thanks so much, <laughs> thank Steve. Guys. Have, Have a good night. Guys. Yeah. Yep. The man has a MasterCard sponsorship. What do you want me to do? <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, as I'm seeing a bunch of Twitch Primes hit the channel, thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Steve. Um, and thanks again, Steve, for calling in. That was We made that happen on very short notice. I, uh, I got a message after the news hit that like Steve was down to come on the show, and then we made it happen, so it ended up working out. Wow, people sending bits and subs and everything. This is maybe a great time to take a break. To take a break and uh well for several months i've been teasing uh, a big thing coming to the show thank you guys for the subs um and i think we have a, we have the announcement video ready i'm going to um let's see how can we do this i can link it i'll link it to you in chat azale because you won't be able to hear it unless you've got the stream open um but uh yeah i think i think it's time the so the only problem or my only concern right now is that I forget if this is a weird technical issue. So I, I had a, an interview with Steve that I was going to play and I think I might have messed it up and put it over the announcement video. So I think this is the announcement video. We're going to find out uh, here. I'm going to link it to me and I, I check. First. No, 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 no. It's because it's in the it's in the system. Well, I'm going to mute discord. I'll link it to you as and we'll figure it out. Okay. Okay, here we go, everybody. Announcement video, hopefully. Well, do you have anything that you would like to say to any of the people out there cheering for Team Liquid? I mean, absolutely. I uh, just want to thank all of our fans for supporting us over the last year and, of course, our partners uh, as well. So thanks, guys. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for the interview. And for everyone else, you can check out the rest of my coverage of all things esports right here on my YouTube channel. Cut to cut. All right, that's a wrap on Steve. That was good, Travis. Hello. As you can see, it takes a lot to keep Travis Gafford Industries running. Just the sheer amount of finances and talent you need to maintain a studio like this, it's incredible. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Our crew is specially vetted. These aren't amateurs here. We hire only the best. And that's because we really care about the details in every project. Magenta. We care about the details in every project that we take on. But don't take my word for it.
I work closely with Broden and the VFX team to make sure everything is historically accurate and realistic. You would feel wrong not to give it 100%. I like to set a high bar for quality, and it's not easy to do that on a shoestring budget. We pay attention to every single little detail because we know our audience also pays attention. Now, as you might imagine, it takes an obscene amount of capital to keep things running here, even if we're trying to keep it grassroots. Bobby. Not now, Mark. And that is why I am so excited to announce a new partnership. Travis Gafford Industries will be fully funded in 2019 by Alienware. It's gonna be a great year. Hello, everyone. So, uh, so Azale, you can you can chill for a second while we wrap it up. Um, I am super super excited to talk about this, guys, because a lot of people I know Twitch chat going crazy. Thank you, guys. Uh, so, first off, hopefully you enjoyed that video. Broden had a lot of fun directing it. It's actually funny we came up with that uh, video idea uh, at the beginning of this year. This idea of like, oh man, well, wouldn't it be so funny if we were actually recording all this stuff in a studio um so i just posted a video up on my youtube channel as well that i was going to go over a lot of the same stuff um but this is not this is not just a hotline league sponsorship so everything that i do next year as the dogs begin to fight um everything that i do next year uh will be sponsored by alienware in terms of my league of legends coverage and all that so Everything you saw from me this year from spring split, summer split, uh, finals, worlds, MSI, all that stuff is now sponsored. Uh, this is a huge deal for me because in tw at the end of 20, like basically this time last year, I made the decision to make the jump to going uh, full time independent. And it was really scary because I didn't know where the sponsorship was going to come from, how I could do this. You guys might remember that at MSI, uh, we had, uh, I didn't have a sponsor. So I sent myself over there. Um, and, and MSI was also the interview where Azale uh, ended up calling it Travis Gafford Industries or whatever and sort of created the <laughs> meme. So it's fun that I didn't know Isaac show, made that. Uh, feeding, yeah, in, in an interview, because it was called Travis Gafford Esports before then, and then he called it in the interview Travis Gafford Industries. So we've coined it every time, ever since then. So anyway, going back to the sponsorship thing, like uh, this is, it's, it's pretty uh, monumental. Uh, in fact, like I'd go so far as to say, I don't know of any other sponsorship or deal that's been inked that's like this in the history of esports. Uh, they're coming in and supporting basically everything I do. Um, and, and really helping to fund like the, the media side of all this stuff. Um, beyond that, uh, I don't want to go too long cause there's a video as well. And I know we need to get back to other stuff, but it's just, it's super cool for me. But beyond that, like, uh, they are going to do some, Oh, damn it. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to pop up the laptop in the background during the commercial and then it'll come back and the laptop will be here. Um, but, uh, what's that? That's that not mine? yours. Sorry. That's, this is the 15, the new slim and light 15. Everyone should check it out. Um, uh, but yeah, Mark is getting a laptop. So to that point, they are, they are basically opening up a giant fund for me to get tons of alienware, uh, uh, hardware 
computer systems. And, and for those of you that don't know, is it, um, Alienware is, is owned by Dell. And so it opens up the ability for me to get a ton of the Dell tech uh, as well. So all that stuff, uh, you know, we're going to be running on that stuff. Uh, Mark's getting a new laptop because his is aging. Broden's getting a bunch of new stuff to edit on. Uh, we'll have extra funds to get stuff for any freelancers that work with us um, if, if they need something or whatever. So it's, uh, it's super cool. All of 2019 is handled. It's it's super amazing. I like we've been working on this for a while. And just just so you guys understand the mystery sponsor thing, we started this and uh, we weren't ready to announce it. And we were we still had a bunch of stuff that we had to deal with. And this is one of the coolest things. Alienware was like, listen, just promote us a mystery sponsor. We don't need the promotion. We want to make sure you and Mark don't, you know, that the show goes unsponsored for until we're ready or whatever. So they did that just as a really cool thing. So I know a lot of you guys were like, what, what's the mystery sponsor, whatever. Um, and, uh, and that was just basically them helping out to make sure that we didn't have any kind of gap in the sponsorship of the show. So that's the kind of cool thing they're doing. They just, they want to help support the stuff and they don't, they want me to be able to do it for, for that. I'm still independent. I'm not Alienware Travis, uh, but their support is going to power everything that we do here. And it's going to be really cool. So thanks so much to Alienware. Uh, I also forgot to put their logo up on screen, which I was supposed to do. Uh, but amateur hour. I'm just too excited. I'm like legitimately. I'm very excited. I know. I know. Uh, it's just. It's a huge, huge deal. So I'm very excited. Um, Mark, you said, uh, and we should move on. But Mark, you, you said it. Yeah, when, real quick. Yeah. I was, I was really excited when I heard about this because I've actually been on Alienware computers basically since college. They had funded my college's game design like lab, and so all the computers that we programmed on, developed games on, were Alienware's, and then when I graduated and like started moving into uh, the esports industry, they've been working with Team Liquid for almost the entire time as well, so I still have like my Team Liquid Alienware laptop that I use, so I'm excited to get a new one, but like I've been on Alienware for eight years basically, so I'm pretty fucking stoked yeah. to get another one. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, and by the way, if you guys can, I'll put it in chat, uh, if you're watching the VOD, um, please look in the description, uh, Dell.com slash Travis, Dell.com slash Travis. If everyone can go over there right now, that's a huge help to me. Um, there it's basically promoting the, the black Friday deals that they've got going on for Alienware stuff. Uh, even if you're not necessarily looking for a system right now, go over there. They've got monitors, just, just peruse, look and see the new stuff that they've got over there. That's a huge help to me. Dell.com slash Travis. And that's how the, the show will work. And yes, in the future we'll have, giveaways and all sorts of cool stuff. Broden's in the chat. He's complaining that there's no attention. I said, thank you, Broden for directing the, doc, the, the commercial really appreciate it. All right. Oh, what's my cut by the way, for the Travis Gavis industries thing, you know, 10%, 20%. I think technically you're like a, a part owner now. I think I'm part owner. Yeah. Yeah. Azale, like that. That's good. Azale shocks just announced. She's going to be an independent contractor, freelancer, if you want to make that decision, I'm sure I, I've got some friends I can talk to that uh, okay, okay. Uh, about getting into stuff. You got the hookups. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So anyway, thanks everyone uh, for supporting this because it, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all the, the support and love you've shown my content over the past year. So truly, thank you everyone for the uh, assistance and thanks again to Alienware for for coming in. That's the super hype thing to talk about tonight. All right, um, let's get back into calls because uh, we've we've spent a lot of time on this. Um, but I'm, ex I'm excited to, uh, to move back into calls. Uh, Mark, you want to go right. grab somebody? Yeah, I got them already. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, dirty poor, poor, poor. I don't Where? know. How's dirty poor? Just say it. You know, it's poor. 
I don't, I'm not sure. I, we just announced a sponsor. I think it's just uh, dirty, dirty. How, how are you doing? Where are you calling from? I'm great. I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. Very good. And, uh, how's Brooklyn these days? It's all right. right. Okay. What do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about how, despite all these spicy import rumors, I think the general state of the league is most going to be determined by where Pro Belter and Cody Sun end up, just based on the playoffs picture from the last two years. Very good. Well, I I don't know if I agree with that, but why don't you continue and elaborate? I think a lot of imports, like, I think most imports are kind of nutty. So regardless of the import you get, these teams are going to end up with two imports that are generally going to be pretty strong carry positions, but I don't think it really matters around them. I think a good example would be TSM. They had Zven and Mithy, but then they had, like, fucking Grig in the jungle, and they didn't make it more to Worlds. So I think you cut out a little bit, but I think you were saying what matters more, assuming you get a good import, what matters more is what you put around them. Yeah. Okay. Like, imagine that Optic gets... They still have Dokla in the top lane. It's not like they're going to do anything with that team. Right. I I, I get what you're saying. Um, I kind of agree. Uh, I think if you... Like, teams like Optic, who get a lot of talent, but then aren't able to surround it with enough supporting talent that it doesn't quite work out as well as the fact that I think arrow probably underperformed a little bit. Uh, but either way, like what are you laughing at? Isaac? <laughs> Sorry. Do you not see the cat? Just like there's oh. this, you can't see the cat. You just see this tail floating around on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. This is not a tiny yeah. cat sponsorship. Everyone's a, Alienware sponsorship. Why does the cat have to show? Did you time that as hell? Are you trolling me? <laughs> I didn't do shit. <laughs> I'm gonna get an email tomorrow from the Alienware folks. It's like, it's like what? We're, we're what's this Alienware this. thing? Yeah. Can we can we uh, move the cat? It's, it's a, maybe put it in the lap or something. The cat. Just let it be the cat. Yeah, all right. What's wrong with the cat? <laughs> you you uh you anti you wanting me to abuse my animal here? Yeah. <laughs> You some kind of sicko, Travis? Let's let's move on. Uh, all right, Mark, you were saying. I was saying I agree that, like, in principle, uh, I do think what import you get matters. I just think, like, in terms of skill, it's a lot more about, like, how that imported player acclimates to the North American environment as well as, like, a couple other factors about synergy and stuff. Matters a lot as well uh, with how they work with their team and, like, making sure the team actually has a good foundation around it um but yeah to your point you know like if you have someday and he's not surrounded by talent like he was you could say on dignitas compared to 100 thieves and like of course he doesn't perform as well so i i agree with with what you're saying for the most part but i still think hobelter and uh cody son will probably not outplace jensen who just swapped over or team liquid so i would say yeah. jensen was the most important move so far but then again see some big moves are coming I'd say Jensen was the most important move, but I think I think regardless of what Team Liquid did, they were probably going to be top one or two in the league. Everyone falls after that. Is I think the NA players are going to determine that as opposed to imports. So I, I agree that um, residents are extremely important, right? If the idea is that you can get, uh, there's like this ocean of imports and everyone's willing to come and you just kind of like pick a really good one and then you get them. If, if you know, your money or whatever isn't, uh, isn't an object, then like I understand what you're saying there. I don't know if I agree that, you know, Cody Sun and Paul Belter are the ones that are necessarily going to dictate that because you, you're, you're putting it as a given that you have amazing imports, right? 
So if yeah. you already have like Faker and, and Prey or whatever, and you just have them for free, then then yeah, like putting the imports around them, be, like or sorry, the residents around them becomes extremely important. But you still have to get those really really good uh, quality imports first. And you know, Cody Sun, I think has been has been pretty solid. Um, but you know, I don't know if I would put him on the same level as some of the other residents. Like when you think about like Impact is a resident now, Doublelift is a resident, right? Bjergsen is a resident. Like guys like that, I would say are are the ones that more dictate it. Um, because those are the guys that are going to be probably stars on a lot of teams. And that's why I think TL is in such a good spot because they have two players who are, are kind of like stars and our residents, right? Um, uh, like, I don't know if Cody Sun will do that for a team, um, but uh, Poe Belter, I definitely think, like, is a really strong pickup. And I think Cody Sun's a really strong pickup too. But, you know, you still have to then have them on a team that has two star uh, imports, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I was just picking those two names because. Obviously, Bjergsen and Impact are not free agents currently. Mm. And I also right. do think it's interesting. Poe Belter and Cody Sun have both two years. Even though they're not like amazing players, I just think it's an interesting detail to point out. I think uh, I think people kind of over-harp on Poe Belter's international failings. Like, I get He's it. He's like, a bunch of championships. Yeah, like if, if you want to say Poe Belter might be a liability at international competition, sure. But like I think a lot of people would be happy with the opportunity to get to that position where you have to worry about that. And like Azale just said, like he is a domestically proven player who you, you will win championships with if you put him on good teams. And like he was close with Immortals, he was close he did win with CLG, he did win with TL. Like he's no joke. So I think uh, he should not get overlooked despite what we're saying right now. Yeah, I agree. All right, I don't have much else to say. Yeah, very good. Well, hey, yeah. thank you so much, Dirty, for the call. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Travis. Congrats on the sponsorship. Thanks, dude. Really appreciate it. How good? Good. I do agree with his point, though. Like, residents <clears throat> can't be overlooked, right? You can't just have two superstars and then and then us three on a team and it does well, right? Like, uh, that's Whoa. definitely not. <laughs> that's definitely going to be last place. Um, but uh, what I do find very funny is, but that you need the imports too. What I do find very funny is that Steve is setting himself up for a situation where, like, you know, no, no offense to Smithy, but you end up with, like, Peter and four imports uh, for a team liquid down the road, which would be yep. very funny. That's why residents are worth so much, right? If you have, have someone who is top of the league and is a resident, there's yeah. not a lot of them. Uh, yeah. They're worth so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mark is off to go grab the next person. I don't even know how to catch up on all the subs that I've been given uh, this episode, which I feel really bad because I always try to make a point to shout them all out. But I um, speed read. All right. Hang on. Too late. I already pulled someone. <sighs> hey, Smeems. I'm so happy you're here. Smeems, where are you calling from? Uh, southeastern Michigan. Southeastern Michigan. All right. Is that the yeah. glove or is that the dog? The dog. Uh, it's the glove. It's like the, the hand. Okay. I'm is like it, 30 minutes from Detroit. Is the other one not the is is the other one not a dog? Are you talking about the Upper Peninsula? Yeah. I don't I've never heard it called a dog, but we'll go with it. Okay. Well, Travis is special, all right. Good to hear you're <laughs> in the glove. Uh yeah. what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Okay, so my uh I guess my hot take was even though Teal looks better than they did last split on paper with the addition of Jensen, I think they'll have uh, a split or a season that is borderline uh, carbon copy of this last split. Okay. So I, th I think they'll do like really well regular season and maybe even take first and win playoffs. Um, but I think they'll just not make it out of groups again unless Jensen like just becomes a god and just steps up. Uh, I have a few Why? reasons for that. 
Why, um, what are those reasons? So, like I said, they uh, they do great do um, domestically, but they don't translate well internationally. And I think a big problem with that is, uh, or the main reason for that is uh, double lift. Uh, he's got like really horrible world's performances. Um, it's like a meme at this point. Um, and the fact that double lift is like known to be extremely demanding, like needing all the resources in the game, I think it'll clash really poorly with Jensen. Um, and, it'll, and it'll make it way harder for Jensen to carry. Do you guys think that Double Lift had a bad Worlds this year? Uh, yeah, that's not, that's what I was going to start. I, th I think so. In the past, I think you certainly argue that he's had really bad performances, and he certainly had bad results. Um, but I felt like for the most part at MSI and Worlds this year, he was pretty good. Um, and uh, you know, the other thing I would say, even just about Jensen, Jensen isn't a guy who only plays carries, right? You know, like for like the the champion they ever started banning against him was Zillion. Right, which is which is very supportive, which is very uh, enabling of, of that kind of style. He played a lot of Galio. He plays, you know, other champions, um, and that is, I think, one of Jensen's strengths is that he can be uh, more of an enabler, but also can play that carry threat uh, that maybe Teal was missing. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I fully agree, but I do totally like I'm, I'm on the same page as far as just because you have something that looks good on paper doesn't mean it works, right? right. And and that that was TSM, I think, you know, like. Coming into last year, uh, I thought TSM was probably going to be the best team in the league, or at least top two or top three, right? You know, you thought that they would be really competing for that uh, because on paper, it's like, oh, you have Zven, you have Mithy, you have Bjergsen, you have Hansa. There's no way this team isn't good. Um, but, you know, it doesn't always work and play styles, you know, working together and, and kind of coalescing in, in the right way, I think is extremely important. I think I don't agree with the reasons. Uh... S memes pro provided, but I think one big concern for me is what feels like the the double of the international uh, behind the scenes like team environment effect, uh, where it feels like the teams that he's a part of put so much pressure on themselves to perform well. They they almost always come up short, um, and he himself admitted in one of the the team liquid videos, I think it was in there, where he said like, "Oh, I was like harping on my my teammates for like really dumb mistakes that like I yeah. probably went too hard on." And I think that's probably where my biggest concern lies. Is like I think Jensen has the ability to play multiple styles. I think that should all be fine, uh, like Isaac was saying. But he's been playing on C9, which, as far as we can tell, is a pretty chill, relaxed team for the most yeah. part. And I would be concerned that like he joins and like double if does the double if thing where he's just like nitpicking people and being really critical and like putting a ton of pressure on everyone. Mm -hmm. And that is, is the concern. Yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, it's also interesting because, um, while, you know, TL, like a lot of those guys have had a lot of uh, regional success, like double if has won so many, so many championships in NA Jensen has never won an L NALCS title. Like all his success has been international. Right. So it's kind of like the inverse problem where in double if has never gotten out of groups. Jensen is getting out of groups. He got to semifinals, all that sort of stuff. Um, but he's never won an NALCS title. And a lot of people were kind of calling Jensen the choker, uh, regionally and double if the choker internationally. So. Do, like do, do they just the choking cancel out or is the choking well, yeah. down? That, that's the question, right? You know, like, and, and I'm sure people will have their own hot take. I mean, I just think that if, if you're, if you if I were to bet, I think that team's going to be really good. Like you, you just have to feel like as long as there's not a lot of internal drama, um, I felt like TL had to play a lot through double lift because, uh, impact and Pobalter internationally, at least weren't like the top level, uh, you know, carry players that you, you didn't, 
we didn't want to play around them as much. Uh, and this gives them a second threat, but it, you know, it all depends how the team actually works together. TL's going to yeah. suck for the first four weeks of spring split. That's and how this always goes. Freak out. Yeah, every, that's always how this goes. You build like the super team, some big name. The only thing that'll save them is if like somebody signs Faker and brings them to North America, because that's a team that'll suck for the first four weeks of LCS. <laughs> Whatever team is like down. <laughs> most hyped is the one that struggles the most in the very beginning, at least. I know I'll be upset because I'm a TL fan. Like that, it's like my favorite team. So it, this topic's kind of like. When I saw this on Reddit, I was like, oh, wow. And that's why I really wanted, I saw you were streaming tonight and I really wanted to get on here. Um, to go off of what Mark was saying, though, um, like the whole behind the scenes thing, uh, like you said, if Doublelift just doesn't do that whole nitpicking thing, I think they could probably do really well and even go like far in worlds. But um, the, the main thing I think will be like synergy. Because like, I don't know if this matters, but like season two TPA, I think it was season two. Uh, TPA were like it was just like a like a ragtag bunch of like friends, or like not the best players. Yeah, they were pretty good. They were good, right? But they weren't like I don't know. I, I've se- I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen like um like a documentary on that, and uh, I've looked into it, and it seems like they were not favored to win whatsoever. But their synergy was so good that it kind of overlapped that. I just feel like just buying the best players can be a little. Yeah, I know what you're I saying. Think- I think to counter my own point a little bit, the thing that you would say that would like offset some of the concerns that we were having was like impacts played with him before Smithy seems like the chillest person on the planet. So I, I don't think those still get to him. There's the question of what happens at the support position still. And Steve could not confirm that their moves were done for the season. So right. the, the off season. So we'll see if there's another change yeah, there, but like, I wouldn't say, I mean, I have no insider information. I, I do not have insider information. I'm not winking. I don't. But I, I would not say I don't feel like Ole things are looking good for him right now, right? Like if Steve is mm-hmm. somewhat uh, unable to confirm that they're that the done AM for that Korean time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I would just be worried. I people in chat are saying get Biofrost ready. I would be shocked if CLG gives up Biofrost. It feels like he's yeah. like the the star for the team right now. So, um, and he is, uh, he's still under contract. So I would, I'd be really surprised, but. Maybe someone Speaking will pay some crazy buyout. The CLG, like I think a better example than the TPA one is just CLG at MSI, right? Like that was prior to, to C9's world semifinal run. What everyone pointed to is the best NA run. And when you looked at CLG as individuals, most people did not say that this was like a superstar team. Um, it was more about their teamwork, right? And more about their team play. So I definitely know what you're getting at there. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's, that's how it is for a lot of people, I think. so, Or a lot of teams mm-hmm. you see... It, it's not always like the super teams that win. It's the teams that are a bunch of pals and friends that somehow came together to triumph through adversity. Power of teamwork and friendship. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts here, Smeems, on the way out? Uh, no, you guys all rock, and I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Yeah. Base unit carried MSI. Big That's agree. True. That's true. Yeah, that team would have mentally exploded if base. That's unit a fact. <laughs> that's yeah. That's, it's a fact. There's no arguing with that. Base yeah. unit. I like. He's still a free agent, I believe. So I don't understand why he's not <laughs> getting picked up. Uh, maybe we'll find some news. Maybe double this isn't safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, it would be whoever is in the sub role because I think he's only valuable. Cool for Joe gifted to Sneaky <laughs> and Aphromoo, Ladder Slider, DeBears V3, Kansho Bakura, Nin the Dog, Nanuko 111, Nihilus Gamer, Sonorium, Elderil, OMG I'm a Carrot, Cool for Joe with the Ice Princess 1727, Dante Sword sub to Strong Bad Email, Stahil gifted a sub to C9 Jack, and the Sea Lion is here. The Sea Lion, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Is that, is there a lot of C there for you to see lion? No, no. What do you want to talk about on the show? Very inland. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, so I have a hot take and that is that uh, sneaky is C9 sneaky is the most valuable player in North American LCS. Not that he's the best player, but that he's the most valuable player. Um, and my reasoning for that is that uh, Sneaky has been top two, top three at his position almost every split, every season since he's been on Cloud9. And he has been able to push his team forward without having to require the resources that players like Doublelift and Bjergsen, who are better mechanically than he is, but not as good at as a team player. I think Bjergsen and Doublelift have struggled in times where they demand too many resources and... Um, aren't aren't able to have good teams around them because they demand too much. I forget in the summer how how long did uh, Doublelift and Bjergsen spend on the bench? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so I mean, I like I said, Sneaky is not the best player in LCS, but like there's all something to be said about him being willing to sit on the bench and like improve for the team. Like I think what makes him the most valuable player is that he is. Uh, like the team player the best team player in lcs yeah so my question my question to you would be uh so you're you're now the proud owner of a new team in the lcs you have yeah. unlimited money so it doesn't matter and you have first pick in a draft every player is available in all of lcs who do you pick from north america i'd still pick sneaky You'd pick Sneaky over yeah. everyone, over all yeah. imports. Because I feel like it's easier to build... Uh, well, okay, if I'm talking about, like, if I could get somebody from Korea, then... Well, I'm I talking about, so, like, oh, the everyone, current... that's, everyone that's in the league, Yeah, right? the 2018 like, lineup. Including, including all the yes. Korean imports, including all the EU imports. You have yes. to build a team, taking considerations, like, the depth of, of, you know, the positions, like, how many mid laners there are that are good, how many top laners there are that are good, everything like that. Your first pick, and... Budget is not a thing. It's sneaky. Yes, because I think you can build a team around sneaky that's good, and around all the a lot of these other like hyper carry players, you're not going to build a team around them that can uh, work out together without having a bunch of friction and causing problems. Well, okay, and so I think two, that's I, been something a lot of NA teams have fallen into in the past. Like I, I think the two sides there. One, uh, Zazel and Jack are both in the Twitch chat. They really agree with you. I can't. I can't speak to the rest. <laughs> I can't speak to the rest of Twitch chat, but those you two people in supporters. chat, they are they are really behind your statement. Uh, right. Secondly, I would just say you said that you can't build teams around these other uh, all star players that that win without friction. Those other t- all star players have won multiple times, and and I don't know maybe they're I was okay. Yeah, I was say, okay. The problem that you 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 have here is that like other people have won more than he has. Like, okay. Like Smithy wins more than he does. Okay, so what about if I if I said internationally? Because I think at Worlds this year there was a big problem with teams that 
had really good hyper carries and then didn't have the rest of the team that could back it up when the meta didn't fit them. So the meta this year wasn't 80 carries win the game. And because of that, teams like that focused around their 80 carry, like Uzi and Doublelift, had issues carrying. Whereas the teams that had multiple carry roles that could split the resources yeah, and knew how to play with each other did better. The, the problem you're going to get into with this this argument is that like you're supposing you're getting to Worlds and that's where Sneaky's like true value shines. Whereas there's a number of North American players who have a better who do better at getting you to Worlds than Sneaky does. You, you won't get any argument from me that Sneaky's the the Scotty Pippen of of the NALCS, where he's like the best number two guy you could hope for uh, in the bot lane position, but he's not. I wouldn't take him for my for like the guy to build around. Has has I, Sneaky gone to Worlds more than any other NA player? He uh, might have. He's, he's he gone has. like every year. Yeah, yeah. He's probably, so he's I probably gone every year I've, as much or or more. Yeah, now I feel like he's gone more than anybody else. And so so in a sense, Mark, to be to play devil's advocate or to, to side with our caller here, I don't know if any of the other players can get you to Worlds as consistently as Sneaky has because he does it every year. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, he also has only won two championships way, way back in the day. Yes, but as, finals he's made. as so, Jack said in Twitch close. chat just now, who cares about winning NALCS? <laughs> and clearly well, Jack say, doesn't I give in his recent cares. record. But <laughs> Jack officially comes out with the statement, does not care about NALCS. Yeah, 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 yes, exactly. I think, uh, like, for, from my point of view... So I think sneaky, you could definitely make the argument is is so I would say it's like this kind of perennial thing where every year during NALCS everyone overlooks sneaky a fair bit and it's like yeah sneaky's okay you know he's whatever and then at worlds everyone's like ah sneaky's incredible I forgot about him double this sucks um, <laughs> and you know that's kind of the cycle that I feel like we go through every year uh, and I think sneaky does deserve a lot of credit and has been really solid and. By all accounts, from you know, from talking to people, I obviously have played on their team. But by all accounts, you know, he has a very good attitude. He's someone that can you know bring some positivity to the team, that uh, isn't you know going to like drag you down or have any of the kind of behind the scenes problems usually. Um, so I think that's a really big positive. But for me, I just could not get behind the statement of like first pick, money is not an object, nothing else matters, right? Like um, I couldn't, I, like I would never make that pick personally. But I think that. You know, if, if you could get him like early on, you know, maybe not first pick, but if you can get him later on, then then that's going to be great, right? If if you get Sneaky as your second pick, as the second second guy on your team, that's an amazing pick, and and maybe yeah. even later in the first round, I th- like I think if if you're going through this theoretical draft, and that's right. how I like to look at that that sort of stuff when I'm talking about most valuable in the league, um, because the whole idea of like you're talking about Sneaky did well at Worlds because he could be kind of self sufficient, but they didn't need bot lane to carry. Well, then by definition, they needed somewhere else to carry, right? And if he's your first pick and your other lanes are going to be worse now, like you maybe don't have those other lanes to carry, right? You know, like to me, it was more about like kind of like Licorice and, and maybe even Jensen at Worlds this year. Um, but I think Sneaky's uh, certainly an incredible player and has been really consistent. Yeah, to, to I be think, fair, I think we're like, you know, we're splitting hairs here. Like, yeah. We're talking about literally who we think is the best versus like, you know, I, I think Sneaky's super good. If you look at like those stupid mm-hmm. player rating things I do with, with Scara, like we have Sneaky in like the 90s for us and everyone was slamming us for saying this. Like, I think Sneaky's really good. I would probably put him as the second best North American marksman player, right? Like behind Doublelift. But I think that there's still like three or four or five. I don't know. I have to really think about it. But there's a number of people I put before Sneaky on like who I think you build a team around. Yeah, I think so. My my thought process coming 
basically coming to this idea is that I think teams way too much overvalue uh, talent and undervalue people players actually working together as a team. And so, like, maybe I'm taking it a little bit too far when I'm saying he is the best player in NA. But and I'm not trying to say he's the best, most skilled player in NA. But I am saying that I do think that teams need to focus more on building teams that can actually work together and actually having team cohesion instead of changing the roster every year and trying to buy the best players and then assuming that that's actually going to work out. And that's yeah. why I'm saying, like, Cloud9, they're able to build a good team around a core set of players and then that core set of players are it's driven through their head that if they're not going to work with the team they're not going to play for the team obviously by reaper and then they're able to work together to improve to go from 10th place to world semifinals and i don't think that's possible with players who don't have Seeky's mindset yeah big agree well it's it's yep. worth by the way the the only the only thing i would say is well we did discuss earlier and i made the point that like sneaky's gone to worlds more than anybody else um Jack is also somebody I would draft if I if I could draft Jack as a GM or something like because he's he's also gone to worlds more than uh, anybody else. So you know, it's as much as we want to give credit his to Sneaky, it's doing okay as well. It's also on the org. What'd you say, Azil? I said his other teams seem to be doing okay as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> all right, that's a that's a fair. Also statement. agree with Zazel, uh flaming Mark in the chat. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we uh, clearly clearly cannot agree with yeah. Mark's list. For those I watching, I don't even agree with my list. All for right. those watching the VOD. Uh, for those watching the vo- oh, uh, Jack says check my PayPal. Thank you. Um, when it, for those watching the VOD or listening to the audio version, whenever Mark claimed that Sneaky was tier A with Scara, Zazel in chat pointed out that uh, ranked as <laughs> tier D. I gotta look this up because we didn't use n- numerical tiers. We used number score like well, that, in the Madden system. That's a good thing that D is not a number, my man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. We can't <laughs> give these with numbers. Yeah, but you said you didn't use numerical. Oh, yes. oh sorry. I'm sorry. We did use numerical. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm drunk uh, again. Yeah. We gave them the number D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everybody else, they're tier, they're tier one through tier four. Zazel, tier D. All right. Like, I just. We didn't do tiers. It's it's 100 uh, through zero. Tier Zazel says I'm 75. <laughs> He's a 75. He's, he's a, a C. C. And this was done before he played. Congrats on your passing grades, hey, Azel. If you're in Canada, that's a that's a solid B. Oh, really? This was, yeah. The Canadian education system, I now I understand why Canadians get such better grades. It's because the system allows them to get better grades. Yeah. This was this was I think during the time that they are getting they were last place. I fully admit that we, uh, we 100% are results based with these numbers. C line, but that's not a D. He mm-hmm. lied. Yeah. So He's, at the end of the day, Zayz was a liar. Right? Zayz was a liar. Well, yeah. That's what, that's the conclusion here. C line. Any <laughs> final thoughts here on the on the way up? Well, thanks for letting me come on. Uh, sorry if I pissed off uh, Twitch chat, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to have my fun. Literally, uh, everyone pisses off Twitch chat. Okay. I could say, like, League of Legends is a great game, and people in chat would be like, hang up, hang up, get this guy out of here. I lost my solo queue game earlier. Um, anyway, thanks, C-Line, for the call. Well, yeah, thanks, and uh, congrats on the sponsorship, and uh, thanks, Jack, for liking my call. <laughs> thanks, thanks, dude. Have a good one. All right. Moving on to the next caller. Uh, we've got three more to go. See, look, Twitch chat angry at me right now about saying League of Legends is a great game. Um, all right. So, boy, all right. 
liquid with all these all the spam all the spam cheer or spam gifts uh can this work today jordan 11 months uh zero zerolicious two months gully pete four ribbon chew seven then we get into the 50 subs that steve gifted thank you steve mario reset for four months c9 get faker in win worlds okay uh let's see uh skishit for three months brave sam for two blue j1344 for nine kermit sudoku for six godless 666 for three months real foxy gifted a sub to reginald Oli one for three uh dark cider for five kevin and zith zero six i'll i'll go back to reading some more later but i don't want to turn it into actually uh nabskir is here nabskir where are you calling from champagne france from champagne france all right yes. well oh, wait, i got a question do you get mad when people claim that they're drinking champagne when it's not uh no because they can't okay okay now, now, Skira, I'm sorry if I made a comment earlier about EU mid laners coming to North America. I apologize. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, about uh, EU franchising. How oh, I feel there was uh, no hype. There is no hype. Well, and uh, why I think it's uh, bad for the region. So just no hype. And when you say no hype, do you mean like from Riot or just in general? Or what, what do you think? Yes, the only person I heard about uh, speaking about uh, franchising was uh, Dracos in uh, Euphoria podcast. Yeah. And uh, he basically said he, he couldn't say anything uh, because it was uh, not uh, uh, revealed yet. Mm-hmm. So isn't part of this because they haven't announced yet who... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Who's been in? officially announced. Yeah, and with the recent shuffle thing, like with uh, Astralis Origin, and there is uh, really no hype for me. Well, uh, oh, go ahead, Mark. uh, So I was reading some of the stuff that came out today about the rumor. We don't know if it's true, but like Movie Star, uh, like the Spanish org wasn't able to get in last minute or something, and so was another one, and like it seemed like a lot of European fans were mad about that. If it would, if it's true, is that something that, that you're not happy about that? A lot of these orgs are like NA backed orgs or like, they're not quite the, some of the regional ones people thought would get in. Uh, I did. Uh, I don't have uh, any expectation for uh, new teams in USS. Like I think Fnatic, Misfit and uh, G2 would still be the, the leader. So I I have no hype for new teams and no expectations for them. Yeah, I mean I guess my one thing I would say is you know try to wait until it's it's released and then when it's released hopefully the orgs will start putting out some cool stuff who do get chosen. Um, but agree, it's you know it's it's always a bummer if you're kind of waiting for the announcement and you're waiting for promotional stuff, you're waiting for rosters, but there hasn't been any info. Um, but you know the orgs aren't going to be allowed to really uh, announce anything until Riot announces it, and so on and so forth. So hopefully, hopefully it does uh, start getting hyped up once the official announcement is made. Um, but the wait definitely sucks uh, for sure. I agree. Well, and that's also it is we are. It's a fair point to say it's we're in a weird situation where we've got off season happening, and player trades and, and stuff might be going to teams where 
we know nothing like that team doesn't exist officially or it's it's we don't know that that team exists it's kind of a weird situation i'm trying to remember if nalcs orgs had been announced by now i think they had last year um i i don't don't remember i think they had because i think uh they got announced like i want to say it was like around the 11th or something i don't know but i it feels like they were announced by now maybe i was wrong but uh it's very interesting did you uh there was a uh what's this announcement around the rebrand um there's a rumor based off of a trademark that was filed and and azale can uh, just make his face plain uh that eulcs will be rebranded as lec have you heard about this or did you see this news uh napsker i've not seen it yeah so there's a rumor it's going to be announced it's going to be uh, rebranded as lec um, and they have a new logo. Uh, so I, I don't know. I guess if you hadn't heard any about it, then it's it's maybe not worth uh, being able to talk about. But <laughs> it's, it's interesting for sure. Sorry, I'm just laughing at Twitch chat. Uh, I, I haven't heard about that. I think the, the European stuff, it's I think it's also just like part of a come down where it's like, holy shit, Worlds was so hype and all this stuff. And then like in comparison you get to see na getting hyped already for next year with like some of these roster moves that are coming out and in europe is like you're just waiting for that foot to drop so hopefully like travis is saying when all this stuff gets announced and like players can start talking about who they're getting signed with and that kind of stuff yeah uh you'll you'll get a lot more excitement but i do i do agree with you napsker it feels like it would have been really cool if like if uh off season officially started at like 5 p.m today pacific that in the very beginning of the day, like when it's, you know, afternoon European time and morning NA time, like Riot went live with like, here's all your new teams and here's like a bunch of embargoed interviews and here's all this different stuff that's around the EULCS teams. Like that would have been really cool and it would have been a great way to kick off the offseason. As it stands, you guys are all kind of in an awkward situation where you're kind of waiting around to be like, wait, so are, are the rumors true? Is Astralis in? What's this origin thing? Like, Feels like the hopefully information's coming soon. So, any final thoughts, Napsker? The, uh, the other thing was uh, about uh, why franchising is uh, a bad thing. I think. Oh, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to open up a big conversation, but if you want to share, that's fine. Uh, I think it's uh, purely uh, a North American uh, thing, and uh, it's gonna kill. Uh, new possible run for rookie like uh, origin 2015 misfit uh, 2017 yeah. and uh, vitality 2008 so i think overall for the show it's really bad uh, i understand that in the short term uh, it brings money for the the new teams and for the region but uh, riot should have uh, Try to develop uh, another um, another way to have uh, to bring sponsorship to teams, like uh, for example, uh, uh, what uh, Renault and Vitality did in uh, in Rocket League, like the 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 sponsor uh, with the naming of uh, naming rights, the, yeah, the team. Yeah, I think the the big issue is it's difficult if 
the team doesn't have, or if the organization doesn't have the stability, right? Like if you think you might be, you might leave soon or you're not part of like a bigger crowd, like franchising allowed investors to come in and feel really confident in their investment. And I don't know if you would have that same thing. I also worry by the way that like if franchising didn't hit Europe, that extra investment wouldn't come in and then NA would be able to pillage the European uh, player base even more than they have for pro players. So I think it's it's difficult to have both these systems coexist where you have one that's franchised and one that isn't. Yeah. I mean I think I think he's right as far as the like five players in a dream is kind of dead, right? Like you're not going to have the the five buddies who play solo queue and climb the ranks and then get all the way to LCS, you know, as a squad, but um one thing that is pretty cool about, you know, going on in the EU now is EU Masters, right? And that that is going to be kind of um something that that is is pretty interesting as, as far as like a way for rookies to come up and a way for rookies to kind of uh, show that because you, know, you can obviously kind of show your stuff there and then get brought up into the lcs maybe not as a, as a five-man squad or whatever but uh there are definitely going to be opportunities and, and kind of avenues for players to do it like you know obviously in na there's the path is now kind of get good at solo queue go to scouting grounds do well at scouting grounds go to academy do well in academy go to lcs right and um I imagine EU is going to have like a similar, but you know, their own unique system. And um, hopefully, hopefully it all works out really well. Uh, I know EU LCS had a really good year as far as like viewership, their viewership seemed to be up. Uh, they did well internationally. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, franchising and everything works out really well for them. I think uh, I can definitely agree with Navskier on the, on the point that like, if you look at how successful teams that came from relegation are, in the european scene like they're actually relatively successful whereas like in north america outside cloud nine basically no team had ever come from relegations and even gotten like sniffed a trophy um so i i definitely think franchising made a lot of sense not only from a financial standpoint in north america but just from like how the scene operated the challenger scene in north america was basically getting farmed for like low tier spots in the lcs which was weird because they were praying for franchising like I think in Europe, it seems like teams actually can become good enough through their uh, own leagues that exist in like each country and stuff like that. Uh, but I think I understand what Travis is saying. We're like one to make the le- like the scenes balanced. It does feel like both need to be, as well as the fact that the the orgs that are in the LCS were actively campaigning for it, which I think is important to overlook. Like this wasn't just riot deciding what was best for the european scene like ocelot was very vocal on twitter and stuff like that about demanding this as well as what were a couple i think like h2k were and yeah. some other teams were were like we want franchising so it wasn't just uh riot coming down obviously for the org it's uh, really good to have uh, to be franchised but uh i'm not scared for the pillaging of the player because uh like EU player have been going to NA since like five years, mm-hmm. and uh, NA is still a white card region. So, <laughs> <not scared. laughs> yeah. but uh, I think it's more on a cultural level. Like Europe is uh, um, the main common culture is uh, based on the Roman Empire. So, uh, and their entertainment is uh, basically the gladiator thing. And even though I'm not a bloodthirsty kind of guy, I think uh, you lose the meaning of sport in uh, e-sport if you if you can't be relegated if you are bad. So yeah, I, I really don't like uh, franchising as a European. Yeah, one thing one thing I would say about the relegation stuff is like 
know, if, at least uh, how it works in NA is like if you're at the bottom for for enough like for a couple of years, uh, then you do you can get voted out, you can get kicked out. Um, so there is that, but you know, like I don't think any of these teams want to sit at the bottom. So like the idea that like you know these shitty ass players can just sit on the bottom team and just kind of like farm their salary forever, I don't think um, is going to be super true, especially like in in the franchising era, like. You know, I can only really speak about NA because that's that's where it is franchised right now. But I know that a lot of these teams become even more competitive um, with trying to, to to stay relevant. And you see a lot of teams are, are making roster changes and doing shakeups because they are trying to compete for the money, right? Like they're trying to compete for the sponsors. They're trying to compete uh, for fans. Uh, and teams that are at the bottom very clearly don't really get uh, a lot of the rewards as far as monetary, as far as uh, fandom, as far as like, you know, sentiment and all that sort of stuff so i do still think that there is really heavy incentives to not be a bad team right uh, i know everyone puts like golden guardians on blast but if they got 10th you know twice in a row when you look at the amount of, of fans that a team like that has compared to uh, a team like tl who, who dumped a lot of money into it it's you know it's night and day right and that's why i'm sure golden guardians is going to make changes and do things to try to fight for that because if they sat in the same position and they're just 10th place in a couple of years, every split, well, no one's going to care about the team, right? Yeah. Hey, Napsker, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for having me and uh, uh, congratulations for your sponsorship. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. How are you doing? Everyone's so nice. Um, by the way, interesting things. Uh, Poe Belter, I mean, unsurprisingly, based off our conversation with Steve, he's replaced all of his TL branding on his Twitter there's a nice picture of a cat up in the top. I, again, not related to <clears throat> any kind of sponsorship. Um, but he did tweet, thank you, next, is, uh, is what he tweeted. Thank you, next. Tiny um, Cats is getting into the ULCS. Yeah, and Pope Belter's their mid laner. Yeah, that's <laughs> those people. Oh, by the way, and I forgot to mention this to uh, to our last caller. Sorry, one, one second, Big Angry Helper. But if you go to eu.lawesports.com, there's a big countdown on their site that says seven hours and 35 minutes left. So um, thank you to whoever in Twitch pointed that out. I, I missed, I, I forgot the name, but, announcement. but it sounds like there's going to be a big announcement in seven hours. I'll be asleep, but I'll wake up for it. Uh, Greatest non endemic to the scene. Tiny cats. Big angry hobo is here. Big angry hobo. <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, where I'm from. <laughs> no um where, where are you I from do, uh, oh I'm, I'm just from kent ohio for um, from ohio yeah okay well sorry i got distracted somebody in twitch chat put this link in that says dardock confirmed he's staying on echo fox it's a very confusing time for me okay there's a whole lot going on all the hey, roster hey, stuff it distracts me travis i've been a fan since yahoo oh wow thank you thank you oh not on gamers uh, no, I wasn't a league fan back then. Yeah, I don't. Not very you many. You missed the glory days. Yeah, must have, must have. No, state of the league is the old days. Um, okay, big angry uh, hobo. So my original topic was for Steve when we thought we were going to ask him, but I was wondering how we think double lift and someone with Jensen is going to work together. Um, kind of with Jensen has a lot of has always brought like the mid the mid jungle duo kind of and then double lift also wants all the resources always sent to him um i'm a huge team liquid fan so i hope it ends up working but 
I'm just kind of wondering how we think it's going to work out that way. And then especially, I don't know if anyone's really talking about this, there's that teleport change where you can't cancel it. So I'm not 100% sure if, like, that's going to hurt double lift in the long run because it's going to be people are going to be more afraid to TP box. They can't cancel if something goes wrong. Interesting. Uh, I think on the point of Jensen, I think he's fine not getting a ton of resources because back in spring, uh, they played really heavily around Licorice and uh, he got like most of the draft priority. Sven went up there fairly often. So I, I think. I don't think there's a big question in game if they they mesh together out of game and like uh, behind the scenes. That's always an unknown until you actually put people in the room and put them in a high stress environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the TP thing is an interesting point. I'm not sure exactly who it's it's gonna help. I mean, I haven't spent a tremendous amount of time thinking about it, but like my initial reaction when I saw that change is that it helps the aggressor, right? It helps the team that is being proactive uh, versus reactive, um, because you can still very easily do the aggressive TP plays. It doesn't really change that. What it really changes as far as bot lane is uh, your bottom lane is getting ganked, your top lane starts to teleport just to basically make the jungler back off, right? Because you can't then cancel that. Uh, and if you finish a TP like that and they back off, then you lose too much top side. So like, I think what it is going to help the most is, is teams that are playing aggressively uh, around bottom lane. And, and that is really the biggest difference. So, you know, that that's more of an adaptation thing than I think like a playstyle thing necessarily. Um, but I mean, if you're playing bot lane winning 2v2 and Doublelift is you know known for being really good in lane, then you're more likely to maybe be able to make those proactive plays. So uh, hard to say, though, until until kind of when I see more of it. Yeah, especially like if the the nerfs just kill teleport and then yeah. it's yeah. about skill matchups in the top lane, everyone's taking ignite and shit, then like or maybe every place in every game. Yeah. <laughs> or that globals are a problem. <laughs> yeah. Like the only thing I was worried about is teams that uh when they cancel teleport where like someone goes to teleport reactionary and then they cancel it because they're being surrounded by three of the enemy players and now they can't cancel it and they're just teleporting into suicide. And yeah. I know a lot of a lot of times double lift like they would get ganked and then bought like their top would TP to scare them off and they would walk away. But now they don't have to walk away if they know that the, they're just going to teleport into death anyway. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, again, it's going to probably come down to play style, right? Both teams will have to kind of adapt to that. You know, if you play a winning 2v2, then you may want to be the ones that are making the proactive TP play. Um, but, you know, it can go both ways because, you know, if, if you TP proactively for that, like that three man play on bot side and the jungler's waiting in the bush, then maybe it gets turned around on you. So I just think teleport in, in general is going to be way more risky to use um, because you have to be really, really sure uh, when you're going to teleport in. And, it, and it's also like you have to be quick, right? Teleports, you have to you have to be reacting instantly or it's or it's usually too late. So I think it's, it's uh, puts a lot of. Yeah, Sorry. it puts a lot of pressure, well, or or it makes it so people only TP back to lane, right? Yeah. Which makes it more boring. So that's that's <laughs> oh, uh, <no. laughs> that's that's the side that you hope doesn't happen, um, but certainly could be where people are just like, okay, well, we're just not going to play around bot lane. I'm just going to only TP back to lane and farm. And yeah, and back to like the original point of uh, double lift and Jensen. If they if Team Liquid does end up getting another support, uh, I know they can keep Ole, but there's people talking that they might get another support. If they do. Um, that's going to be so two new players working with double lift and uh with his such a big personality him and Ole had a lot of rough time meshing together 
Do you think it's a better idea for them to get another support, or do you think now that Ole and Doublelift have finally kind of worked things out, it'd be better to stick with them when already bringing this other huge personality in? To me, it kind of depends who you're talking about. Like, hypothetically, Mod is on the table, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. That's tough. There's not that many Korean speakers now with Pobelter gone. Uh, it's only Impact and, and the coaching staff. Maybe they Pop- don't even want Mod. Papa uh, Smithy earlier suggested Core JJ. Core JJ, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of options, hypothetically, I, I think. You should make sure that you're getting. I would. It's hard to do due diligence. Is the hard thing. Like you can't scrim with these people, and you're not going to know how they mesh with double lift. So if you're not getting like a, a big skill upgrade, or if you think Ole was a big problem, just needs to be moved regardless. But I, I don't think that. So I don't know. Yeah, personally, I think that keeping Ole would probably be the play, even though a lot of times a lot of people flamed him the entire year. I think just since he's worked with double lift for so long, I think it'd be worth it to keep him. Plus. Once uh, uh, Jensen becomes a resident, then they can move him around and get two different imports if they really want to. Yeah, very good. Well, hey, thank you so much uh, for the call, Big Angry Hobo. Sorry, I forgot to ask you where you're from, but it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Travis. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Yep, thank you. All right, uh, one more caller to go. By the way, Jack just retweeted that Rush is a free agent. So I uh, would love to see that guy come back home. To North America, where he belongs. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, Coach Mike is here. Hello, Coach Mike. Hey, how you doing? Where are you calling from? I am calling from San Francisco. San Francisco. All right. And what do you coach? Uh, I coach League of Legends, currently a uh, amateur team, challenger amateur team known as Polar Race. Oh, nice. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. Mark, you're familiar? Yeah, they were uh, generally considered the best uh, challenger team, right? Yeah. Nice. Well, congratulations on your success. What yeah, do you want to? <laughs> oh, what's that? Surprise! Somebody new us is pretty cool. Gotcha. Well, hey, what do you want to talk about? Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit um, of my perspective, since I obviously am biased as coach. And um, my perspective basically was that I think it's a lot more important um, currently, in my opinion, that you surround yourself with a good coaching staff rather than just focusing on specifically the players. Because I know that we've been talking a lot about players right now and how they mesh well together. But I feel a very good coach is able to make any players work together on a team and make that team successful. Whereas if you just put five really good players on a team with a poor um, coach or poor uh, staff members in general, it's not going to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I agree a lot with that. And, uh, you know, now is where you can put your contact information in chat. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but exactly. I, I, I mean, I, I feel you. I think I think it's definitely true. You have to have a, a good coaching staff. And I think um, like Mark was a coach, obviously. Like, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of coaches and, and, and you know, had, had a lot of experience talking to players and things. One of the things that I think is the most difficult is sometimes even if you have a coach who... Uh, the team believes in and thinks is really smart. If they don't have the respect of the players, then it doesn't really matter. You know, like if, if the players are not actually fully committing to the coach's ideas and are not bought into the system and are not trusting of, of what they're saying, then uh, it can become really, really difficult. So uh, I definitely agree in that regard. And I think, you know, having a coach who, who kind of commands the respect of the players is extremely important. And right. um, most of the teams that do have success have someone like that. Because, you know, otherwise, you know, I, I can tell you 
uh, Shen is great into this matchup or whatever, but if you do not believe me, if you're going to already kind of with the defeated mindset, then I think, you know, it, it doesn't really work, right? Um, and I'm sure you have experience with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's, I understand what you're saying. Where, like there's, there's an almost like a completely different level of hype between the two things. Like uh, in theory, Tony, one of the most celebrated coaches in North American history, getting let go from CLG. There's right. a lot of talk about that, but it didn't feel like there was as much talk about him joining TSM. Like it was talked about and there was a fair amount of, of talk about it, but like compared to the Jensen thing, which just dropped like the subreddits going fucking crazy. There's like, yeah, Four, four things in the top five about Jensen, which is like, yeah, coaches are just not as sexy to talk about as, sure. as players. So like, you'll never get the same hype. Uh, but I think people should recognize that picking up coaches are really important. And on that topic, does that make TSM the big winner this offseason, getting not only Tony, but also Peter Zhang as their academy coach? Um, I know both of those coaches, not really personally, but I have known players they've worked with in the past. And I believe it really actually depends, um, a little bit on the core that they're building around. Cause most of the coaches that are kind of like, uh, Zix, who's pretty well known for being a well respected coach and demanding that respect. It's also important that they have a sort of team leader on that, on that roster that they're building. I've seen a lot of the rosters I've looked at in both amateur academy LCS. It seems like they're always lacking some kind of a leader on that team. So if they make any decisions to change that, um, I really doubt it's going to be anything too significant. But if they do make a change, it's going to be something where they still have that dynamic between the coach is like the overall leader and then they have the in-game leader, which I think they uh, every team should require. The the other thing I, I would say though is like while I do fully agree coaching is extremely important and you probably will never be like a top top team without a good coach. Right. I also think you could have the best coach in the world and you know with a shit team you're not gonna win. Right. Yeah. Like at a certain point you need a, a a certain level of talent. Right. Like you know if, if you put if you put Travis uh, on the LCS stage it doesn't matter who's coaching him. But uh, he's Homo probably literally he's, standing behind him. Yeah. Like telling him what buttons to press he's still not gonna win lane. Right. What? Uh, you know. So there's there's the whole there's the whole I play idea support like, all right it's, it's, it's a combination of both right um like a, a an incredible team could win almost in spite of their coach like from some from some talks i've, I've heard you know some, <laughs> yeah. some teams say they do right some teams are like well we're just gonna ignore our coach and pick what we want we that was like team. tl when mark um, was coaching I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly perfect example exactly um, that's but, uh, how you know that can be true uh, yeah, yeah. but I rarely think you can have a really shit team and just like coach them to victory. Yeah, um, you, you need you need a certain level of talent that is like you know clearly championship caliber, and then a great coach takes that team and makes them even better. And maybe is the difference between you know being like a solid team in your region, winning a championship, or you know winning a championship and getting out of groups or going far in worlds or whatever. Um, but it certainly is like kind of the underhyped piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I think. Uh, on that front, like there's definitely some sports and games that are more like prone to coaching being important. Like I think football is a, a sport where like you look at what a coach, a good coach does for a football org and it's like unbelievable what they can do uh, because there's so much strategy, it's set plays, they're calling plays, they're like making roster decisions. They have to build like depth from top to bottom. So their roster chart actually looks good. Like there's so much there. Whereas like compared to basketball, like you just need superstars. You can't, can't really play without superstars. Um, yeah. And I think, I think league is a game much closer to basketball where like at the end of the day, it's a player's game. And like, 
doesn't matter what you what you know as matchups as a coach if your player can't play them. Um, On the contrary, are you familiar with the whole dynamic of the San Antonio Spurs? Yeah. Well, that's kind of one of the examples that I was actually thinking of bringing up. Um, I don't know if anyone that's really watching this is too familiar with that, but Popovich is really well known for being able to have teams that are considered too old to compete or, you know, kind of a bunch of nobodies, and he's still able to win. I mean, they just destroyed your essentially your superstar team um, last last night, a couple of nights ago, um, where you had, I know Curry was out, but you had essentially a better coach i think where they had more defined plays and the players understood their role in the team much better um but they weren't actually better players it would just seem like they were more well put together as a team and had a better dynamic and that was just kind of something that uh really dawned on me yeah i mean for sure there's there's you know exceptions that prove the rule you know to an extent where it's like okay you have them and that's about it everyone else is like but then like a golden state right yeah, Golden State, Warriors, State Cavaliers, um, Heat last before them. Years. Yeah, Lakers yeah. Before you can Lakers. definitely elevate a team, and you can make whatever team you have certainly much better. And coaches are extremely important, but I still think you need um, the baseline uh, talent. I agree. Yeah. I think in, I'd say starting at academy level, um, most of the players that are in academy probably have the potential to mechanically play in LCS in uh, LCS or even sometimes on world stages, as you can kind of see with Zazel, who moved into that very quickly. It, a lot of it, I think, depends on how exactly the coach is able to give them the things that they're missing in solo queue, the things that they're missing on their former competitive team or on their former academy team, because there's severe differences, I think, from the high, high LCS teams to some of the um, regular tier academy teams, even though the players may be mechanically similar. There's a, a big difference, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for the call. Any final thoughts on the way out, Coach Mike? Uh, no, I'm just uh, very happy I was able to get on tonight. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right. Uh, that is the show. No one go anywhere because I'm going to give out some RP and some subs and stuff uh, at the end here. I'm going somewhere. I mean, no one go anywhere. I assume Isaiah's going somewhere. Can you just not... Unless we can get some RP, I mean. Yeah, wait. I mean, you can. It's a giveaway that's open to a bunch of people. Mark, uh, what what do you got here at the end here? What do you want to say? What do you want to What do you want to throw out there? Uh, I'm excited to see what else happens this off season. We'll of course be here next week to break all that shit down too. Hopefully, it's as spicy as everything that's happening tonight. Oh man, I think like Fion's on Twitter right now saying like, "Oh man, the craziest, great, the super team of all super teams is going to be formed in EU during this off season and all this stuff." So. I just see a lot of retweets of college football or uh, pro football. We, we follow different people. Um, he said Fion. I'm literally looking at Fion. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was linked. It's it's in there. He says like. Oh, wait. It's after a bunch of retweets. Yeah, it says it will be the greatest troll in offseason history. Please let it be true. I turned off Fion's retweets a while ago. It makes it a lot easier to. Um, I didn't realize you could be that specific. Yeah. I, I, like, I like regular sports. He's got his retweets off. He's got Dash muted. I control my Twitter this screen. Guy's a monster. Very, very well. Uh, Twitter's esports news and girls. Oh, TCS. TCS is happening. I um I am doing that actually. You're doing TCS? I think well I'm only doing one thing where like Toast is casting one of them, disguise toast, and he asked if I could do it. So I think I'm doing that on Saturday. Okay. Well, I'm sure that they're happy that you're announcing it. I don't know what what the protocol is here, but uh I got a Twitter DM late last night from Toast, so we'll see. Speaking of... Go. Sounds official. Yeah. yeah. 
this is that's how that's how the esports industry runs by the way it's all on twitter dms um i into it longer have an interview with cutie pie and an interview with tyler one and an interview with some WWE folks that should be going live over the next uh, couple of days. Jack Byte right now says, I hear some crazy EU rumors. What are you hearing, Jack? Let yeah, us know. One specific rumor you've heard. Just give, for fun. Give us one. one. Uh, Azale, funsies. what do you got? What do you want to promote? What do you want to throw out there, Azale? What's going on? Uh, I don't really have anything. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to more of uh, Mr. Offseason's Wild Ride. Uh, looking forward to All-Stars coming up. I think that's going to be pretty hype. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Congrats on the sponsorship and, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Nick Allen in chat says, yeah, EU is going to be crazy, man. They're just, all the owners just showing up to be like, yo, shit's going to be wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. Yeah. I bet you they're just sitting back. They're sipping their lemonade. They're just watching college football. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Our roster is not changing. These guys all think some big thing is happening. I know off season is so easy. Uh, St. Vicious in chat <laughs> says EU is going to be crazy. Liquid says it will be wild. All right. I know all the team owners during off season. It's just easy for them. Uh, Nick Allen says, Travis, I am drinking lemonade. Okay, cool. Liquid says EU is going to be fucking nuts. We're going to wrap up the show. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who tuned in. Please don't leave. I'm going to hang out and stream for a little bit afterwards. Uh, thank you to Alienware. Super excited about this announcement. Glad we could finally break it. Thank you to uh, Jensen for trading uh, teams right before the start of the show. That really made my first deliverable to Alienware quite quite good. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Asil, for coming on. This has been Hotline League episode 55. All right, guys. I will switch to a different screen so that you can exit uh, and make your grand escape. <laughs> Uh, I th- I know this isn't like actually. Uh, never mind. What? Just the tidy cats shit where they like made a fake link for you. <laughs> I think that's so funny. I I I hope uh it's not not a cause of confusion with my new partner where they're like Travis. We we were excited. People were spamming our link, the link we made for you. But then a lot of people were spamming a tidy cats link. <laughs> I'm beginning to regret that meme that we created for the show. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. So yeah. Right.